This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Dead and Lovely. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. It's so easy, even a homeschooler like me can do it. <laughs> Podbean provides everything that you need to run your own podcast that you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your cellular telephone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's, That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Check, Check it out. <laughs> okay, so Kate and I happen to find ourselves in the Jefferson City. Yeah, okay. Which is a little podunk nothing town, for Where those of you who don't though. know. Yep, yeah. That's our roots. Mm-hmm. We had to go into the old Dollar General store there okay. to buy some school supplies to donate for the poor kids and stuff. Right. Right? So in there, we're, we get all the school supplies and shit like this, and we're checking out, talking to our cashier lady, and then like her manager, whoever, walks by, and she goes, you know that fella that walked in here with the cross tattooed on his forehead? <laughs> he went into the men's commode to smoke his weed. <laughs> I went in there after he left, and shoo, it smelled like weed, a high heaven, and he tried to flush them little papers and stuff down the toilet, just left them there. Those are our roots. That's where we're from. (laughs) We left and Kate was like, well, that's what you're going to talk about on the podcast, right? And I was like, yep. Yep. Documenting that right now. That feller with the cross on his head went to the men's room to smoke his weed at the Dollar General. What is your day like that you're like, I have a fucking cross tattooed on my forehead. I need to smoke this weed. I'll go into the dollar store. I mean... I guess, I mean, with a cross on your forehead, you're probably thinking like Jesus. You're okay, like, hey, yeah. do unto others. What would Jesus do? You can come into my house and smoke weed in the bathroom. <laughs> that means I can go into your house and yeah. smoke weed in the bathroom. <laughs> Hell, I made this shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> no harm, no foul. Party Thanks, on, Jesus. man. Oh, my God. Small towns. Welcome, hey. dead and lovely listeners, to the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the greatest podcast in all of podcasting podcasts. That's true. Here with the host of the most is me, your great buddy, Uncle Ben. And me, your most hated enemy, Ooh. Hollywood Steve. We got a good cop, bad cop, RoboCop mm-hmm. dynamic today, <laughs> <Yes>. don't we? <laughs> Look out. RoboCop couldn't do good cop or bad cop. He is incapable. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. He would, <laughs> you should confess, criminal. Robert Cop. I am Robert Cop. I am Robert Cop. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about old Robert Cop from 1980. Uh, it's 1987. Yeah, that's what I said. There's an <laughs> echo in your shit. You don't have to repeat everything I said. 1987. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, if you want to get straight on to the movie review, you can check out the timestamp in the uh, podcast yep. description there. We'll get right on to it. But before we do that, we're going to shoot the shit, hang out, have a good time. Hell yeah. Crack a cold beer and mm-hmm. do some other I'm fun stuff. I'm excited for that. This, of course, is installment two of... Action August! Kabooms! Yeah, it sounded very realistic. Yeah. People are like, oh my God, are there explosions in, oh, the, no. in the apartment? What's happening right now? We've been attacked! Yep. Uh, yeah, mixing up for the month of August, we're not doing like straight up horror movies. We're no. doing some action flicks with a little taste of horror. Yeah, there are definitely some tastes of um, horror in this. Holy <laughs> fuck, dude. I mean, spoiler alert, like this is the first time I've ever watched this movie ever. Yeah. 
This has more brutality in it than a lot of horror movies. Absolutely. Holy it goes moly. over the top. They go hard amazing. in RoboCop yeah. land. Yeah. They go fucking hard. Yeah. I don't want to spoil this either. This movie's a 10. It's fucking amazing. It's a 10. <laughs> the movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, if you want to get onto the review and find out what you know why we're giving it a 10, yeah. check out that timestamp. Or just skip to the very end yeah. and listen to plugs. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. That's the most fun part of the oh, show. okay, they like it? Cool. What's their Twitter? <laughs> Where's their Instagram again? No way I could Google that. Yeah. No chance. <laughs> How you been this week, man? Good, good. Really good. I mean, um, Emily's been working day shift for like the past... Four, four and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. And it has been a, a, a hamper, a hamper, a, a damper, hamper, a hamper it's damper, a hangering. Uh, what is it? It's been, a, <laughs> it's been bad. I think we're trying it's to no say good. it's been humdinger. It's been a real it's been humdinger. A dang old humdinger. Now, here's the thing. You, you use the morning to make the donuts. That's when it's time to make That's the donuts. Right. What do you do in the day shift? What are you making then? Uh, I guess, well, as far as I understand, she's making patients uh, have needles in them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's wow. a pretty normal thing, I guess. Time to make the donuts. Time to make the needles go in them. <laughs> yeah. Later that day, time to make the needles go in them. Yeah. And then smoke weed in the bathroom. Then smoke weed in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> it makes total sense. Yeah, but she's been working day shift, and we only have the one car, and we live out in the middle of nowhere, so, it kind of, you know... I can still get shit done. She gets home at like 7:30, 8ish, but I can't get nearly as much shit done as I as I want to. Sure, sure. Cuz everything closes early in the country. It tends to out there in yeah. the country. It's about time to go to bed. Yeah. Get up and make them Ooh, donuts. 9 o'clock. Who? What are we Ooh. just going wait going to stay up till tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's kind of sucked, and it sucks for her too because she is not a morning person Ugh. or a day shift person. No, but uh, she's finally moving back to night shift this weekend. So hooray! Huzzah! Yeah. But other Good than that, man. man, it's been it's been awesome. I've been, I bet she's been lonely because there ain't nobody getting COVID no more. <laughs> oh no, she is very busy. She's making all kinds of new friends coming I, in having COVID. She did point out to me that she did have one patient who's gotten the vaccine. So. Just so you know, if you got the vaccine, you may get it. Oh, so what you're saying is just so you know, that thing that they told you is going to happen yeah. happens. Yeah. Got it. They're like they didn't say 98% 100%. effective. And people are like, so one person got sick? How's that? <laughs> what? Means I shouldn't get it, right? Well, only 2% of him got sick. Well, hell, they said this birth control pill's 98% effective. But we done had a baby. Guess I might as well done raw dog it. Shit. <laughs> Like, that's what you're saying. That's yeah. what you're saying right that now. That is what you're saying. Jesus yeah. Christ, man. Yeah. So she's only had one patient uh, who's had the vaccine. and he uh, Out of well, many, he many, she, many, 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 yeah. many people. Yeah, it was, was apparently not in any, uh, like, range of being intubated or anything. Sure. So it works, turns out. Turns but out. But also, that Delta variant is rampant. It's no good, I hear. It's, uh, like, way more deadly and way more... Um, contagious so that's fun dude you know though yeah i'm just saying okay all mm-hmm. right all right you hear mm-hmm. me if trump is still in office you know <laughs> he'd have enacted a delta force by now delta force <laughs> he would have, yes he would have called up chuck norris yeah to roundhouse kick it yeah <laughs> the thing is is that is so in the realm of possibility that it's almost not even a joke it really isn't yeah like <laughs> 
I can totally see him being like, well, we got to get Chuck Norris on. The, that's my to Trump impression. I can't do a Trump impression. <laughs> do a better Biden impression. I'll just sit here eating ice cream and not saying anything. Pro moves, man. Go. Soft food goes in easy. We not did it, difficult. Joe. Nailed it. <laughs> you do have some nice aviators and stuff. So That's true. I, and they look very much like his <laughs> yeah, aviators. Yeah, they're very I, Biden. It, it's, uh, it is not my favorite thing, but I do love my sunglasses, so I'm not changing for Ride him. for Biden. <laughs> No, sir. <laughs> How's your week been? Fucking busy. So, like, we recorded yeah. uh, last time on a Thursday, and then the very next day, I left for a family vacation to mm-hmm. Asheville, North Kakalaki. Yep. Got back late last night, right? Today's Tuesday. Yeah, got it back. Is, wait, no, I got back Sunday. Got back late Sunday. <laughs> Holy fuck. It's this is where my mind is. Day, huh? And then, yeah, Monday I worked all day. Today I've worked all day. So yeah. I've not really had time to do much anything or watch much outside of that. Mm-hmm. But we did have ourselves a good old time in Asheville. That's always just a chill, relaxed yeah. place to be. Changing altitudes, changing attitudes, brother. Ooh. So they Why say. Why is that not true of Gatlinburg? It's definitely not true of Gatlinburg. <laughs> There's a That's change of altitude. Sure. I guess there is a change of attitude. That's Worse. An, that is an aggressive <laughs> yeah. tourist spot. Like, yeah. Jesus. No doubt. But Asheville's always one of those towns, man, where it's just like, you're like, well, what are we going to do? But then you just go up there and you're like, let's stop in and get a drink here. Let's walk around a while. Stop in and get a little eat here and yeah. let's walk around a while nice. and get some more booze. Yeah. Oh, man. There's so much good drink there. We yeah. went to Burial, which, of oh. course, is the number one place that should be fucking distributing beer to Knoxville. How do you not? It's like an hour not? and a half drive. Yeah. How do you not have a distributor to Knoxville? We all love we it. We love beer here. Yes. There's so many breweries. There's uh-huh. so many places to get so many different beers. Send us your beer. Send us your fucking beer. In fact, we're going to have a burial Hell beer yeah. today, which I'm very excited about. Um, number one beer of the trip, though, I got to tell you. Okay. Managed to find Delirium Red oh. on tap. Yeah. Out we of tried control, that, like way it's long a long ago. time yeah. ago. Yeah, I we did that one on awesome. the show. I got it from the liquor store in Morristown and oh, stuff. Yeah? Uh, but dude, on tap, it is like fucking walking on. I cloud. imagine unbelievable. Had some great food and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Number one meal being at Nine Mile. There's like three Nine Mile locations in Asheville. Holy fuck, Caribbean What'd you get joint at Nine man. Mile. Mom spaghetti. I got mom spaghetti. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got on my sweater already though. Oh no. That's you know how gonna, these things go. Yeah. It's going to look poorly for you unless you rap well. But my rap battle was fierce. Okay. <laughs> it was fierce, man. Yeah, Nine Mile is fucking awesome. Always visit that place whenever in Asheville. Mm-hmm. So we had a really good time while we were there one night just uh, drinking some party liquor and stuff. Yeah. We happened to turn on a movie that my, my sister-in-law, Jesse, suggested. It's called, this is a wild ride. I don't know if you've seen this one. It's an adrenaline-fueled fucking oh feast of a I'm movie. I'm excited. It's called The Prince and Me <laughs> with Julia Stiles. You ever known that bitch, More Julia like Stiles? Julia Wiles. Oh, man, she gets fucking wild. Girls Gone Styles should have been the name of the movie. Girls Gone Styles. <laughs> uh, it's terrible. It's not a good movie at all. I didn't enjoy it. Uh, Would yeah. not watch again. It's terrible. I I think I've seen it. I'm pretty sure I'm seeing it because romantic comedies are just super popular among the Mormons. Oh, yeah, that's right. I just... They all run in together to me. Oh, it's yeah. like the uh, lady didn't expect to meet man. Does meet man. <laughs> man was. Man was. <laughs> man make mad. Uh oh. It's okay. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. yeah. I think a caveman wrote every romantic comedy. <laughs> Fire good. 
that's the end of moral there. So after we got back, we sat in traffic for fucking ever yeah, on the way that home. Asheville it was trip, yeah. terrible, dude. Mm-hmm. But it took forever to get home. We had to go run some errands, go to that that fucking Dollar Tree and shit like I was talking yeah. about. And then whenever we got home, we were unpacking, we were starving, we mm-hmm. wanted some booze and stuff. And it was just like, you know what? We need a comfort food movie. Just one of those movies that you put on. You've seen a million yeah. times, a million or two. Sure. So of course we watched fucking Kill Bill. Oh, okay. Because yeah. it's still the fucking best. That's one of it's those comfort time, food yeah. movies around here, man. It's mm-hmm. like, you know every line. You know all the feet shots and when they're coming. <laughs> here come the feet. Here comes the feet, and then here come all the fucking amputations and brutality. Yeah, and that, yes. I goddamn love that movie so yes, much, man. That so is much. amazing. The, uh, that, that fight at the end of Kill Bill Volume 1 is, I think, the hype for me Dude. of those movies. Not that there aren't great things throughout, and Volume 2 is a better overall movie, I think. But that fight is so fucking awesome. <laughs> it got there to that part in the movie, and like you know, she shows up at at the club where Orianishi is and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, God, is it already at this point in the movie? And then I'm like, Wait, there's still like 40 minutes it's left. It's a long ass fucking. It goes on forever. <laughs> Just bloody as hell. And it's always fucking awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, I love that movie, yeah. dude. So of course I'll have to watch part two here soon too, as well. You know, oh, yeah, what are you gonna do? Just watch one and put it down? That, yeah, no. that seems like a bad idea. I, he's been talking about volume three and having Maya Hawk uh, play her daughter. No fucking way. Yeah. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would love that. Please. Yeah, it would be great. That'd be fucking awesome. And I hope it's got um, uh, fucking, ah, what's her name's daughter in it? The first one that she kills. I'm totally Oh, right, right, right. Name. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, fuck. I forget her name. But yeah. yes, the first person she kills Copper when she gets him? out of the hospital. I don't know why I'm blanking on her name. Like I seriously Black talked Mamba? about. No, because Black Mamba's, yeah, yeah. The, the bride. I cannot remember yeah. which snake she is. I'm terrible. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. You know damn well what I'm talking yeah. about. Her daughter survived, so I would assume that would be part of. Oh, my God. Yeah, definitely. Give me that movie. Stats. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, yeah, that's about all that I've had time to watch, man. I watched Rhett and Link's 2000th episode of Good Mythical yeah, Morning. Yeah, that, too. That was so heartwarming yeah, and lovely, is. man. Mm-hmm. And I think that's about it for me. What have you been uh, watching this week, man? Uh, I also, I mean, we this is a quick turnaround. We did. Yeah. We actually recorded the last episode Thursday, so we only have about four days to prepare for this. So I, I didn't watch a ton. I did watch the sequels to this movie, which I'll talk about okay. when we talk about the movie. I want to know about them. Uh, both written by Frank Miller, but also both like disavowed by Frank Miller. So hmm. don't go into it thinking you're going to get a Frank Miller picture, but also I don't know how Frank Miller could write a RoboCop movie that would make sense. Right. Since yeah. he's a libertarian and these are anti-corporate power. Very strongly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I did watch on Friday night on the Screaming Chat, we watched Black Sheep. The, okay, yeah. yeah. New Zealand, right? Yeah, New Zealand sheep, uh, like killer sheep movie. It's so fucking awesome. So I'm trying to remember because I feel like I watched this movie in college. Okay. And it was probably one of those ones it's that... It's 2006, are, so yeah. It's yeah. Not, yeah. And I feel like, you know, Brandon probably, probably had it. Yeah. And it was just like, you guys got to come over and watch this fucking crazy sheep movie. Mm-hmm. I want to say I watched it, but I don't remember much about it. Is it actually good? Oh, yeah. It's great. It, it reminds me of Dead Alive. Oh, AKA, I'm in. You know, what's it called? Brain Everywhere Dead. Brain, brain, is it Brain Dead? Brain Damage. Brain, brain Dead. So whatever, yeah. whatever it's called. You know damn well which one I mean. You know. That's just the fucking theme of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's so, like, I just was very much charmed by it. Had, you know, some really great effects, like 
surprising for a low kind of low budget thing but uh, i mean we've seen that from new zealand a ton of times they can create great effects on lower budgets in crikey that very well-known new zealand phrase crikey Crikey. that's right throw another shrimp on the barbie they say that's them Uh pretty sure it's them that's not a knife this is a knife make a aura movie you know what people in new zealand love being confused with australia i've made that mistake before man (laughs) oh shit they do not like that that at all i mean okay please understand guys they sound really similar uh i mean Yes, there's similarities. 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 I I can tell a difference between a Kiwi accent and an Australian accent. All right, show off. Well, I don't have as many college degrees as you (laughs) neither, so... Okay, so somebody last week... Well, not last week. Two weeks ago, technically, by this episode. um, But our... uh, Fuck. Whatever episode it was that came out before The Mummy. Yeah. You were talking about Fast 3. Uh Uh-huh. And you said that the guy had a terrible southern accent. It's awful. He's from Alabama. God damn it. And I think you've done that before with somebody from Texas. It doesn't sound real. <laughs> that guy's accent's so bad. He's faking it, man. It's possible. But you know what? I'm also the guy that, like, I always get super pissed whenever, like, Kate's listening to, like, Gogo Bordello. And I'm uh-huh. like, that guy's accent's fake as fuck, right? <laughs> Why is he putting on that fake accent? It's like, it's not at all. It's how he sounds. That's how he talks. No, it's not. He's fucking faking. I can tell. I can spot a fake a mile away, Steve. Resident okay? accent expert, That's Ben me. Eller. Everybody knows me for that. You know it. I know it. Everybody knows it. Okay? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the black sheep, fucking awesome. Okay. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it's, a it's comedy, kind of a splatter right? comedy, comedy yeah. movie. Yeah, it's, it's fun, though. Uh, we also, I subjected other people to no escape room on Sunday on ice cream. We talking Sunday. about that one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you may remember me saying that I enjoyed it and throughout the movie, they were clowning me. They were saying like, this is terrible. Whatever. By the end of the movie, they were like, actually, that may be pretty okay. If I went back and watched it. Really? So pretty okay is as high as. I, as high as the consensus seems to be, it could be pretty okay. Honestly, it would be better as a short film. All right, yeah, yeah. one of those. Yeah, like probably like a 20, 30-minute short. It would be like, oh, cool. That's awesome. Gotcha. Um, also, Emily and I started a show called Gentleman Jack. Gently, man. Max. Jacques. What is that? I don't know what that is. It is, uh, it's about um, uh, a, a woman named Anne something or other. There are two people named Anne, and they're the main characters, so I'm not even going to try for last names here. But um, she dresses like a feller. Okay, and yeah. acts all feller-like, but it's Real 1830. Fellery. You ain't supposed to do that. You Use you a woman. Pant? You should be wearing a hoop skirt and a, and a bustle and a bonnet. Yeah, so it's basically that. It's... I liked it. I mean, it's a pure, it's a, it's a English period drama, and the problem with all of those is they all follow a similar format. And one of the things I really dislike about it, I mean, Downton Abbey, uh, uh, what's another? There, there are other ones I've watched that uh, do this, where it's just like they have an A and B story that are usually pretty strong, but then they also have like C, D, E, F, and G that are running throughout and it's like okay what am i following here and i don't care about every single english family that lives in this town Mm -hmm. it's like game of thrones but nothing nobody gets killed yeah (laughs) no actually no somebody usually does get killed in one but it's always like 
a tragedy or a mystery. It's was it never, vapors? It's never like, I'm going to kill you because I'm called Drogo, you know? Mm-hmm. He did say that. He did. So often, man. <laughs> you, over there, I'm going to kill you because, because I'm called Drogo. But why? I'm called Drogo. <laughs> <laughs> Dies. <laughs> That's a pretty uh, cold-blooded thing to say to somebody before you it kill them. It really though. is. It's like, why? Because I'm me, motherfucker. But, uh, Death. It, it, we watched the first episode, and it, it's got some like real strong like uh, lesbian relationship in 1830 type of thing. Uh, and Emily like went ahead and finished it. She got super into it. And uh, at the end, she was like reading about it, and apparently it's... Based on a true story, based on oh. the actual journal of this person, and these things were real events. So, well, damn, okay. Uh, that made me way more interested in it and hmm. made me be like, oh, well, these uh, C, D, E, F, and G stories are all like actually part of this person's life. So now I'm more interested. Mm-hmm. But uh, ultimately, it's about the L, G, B, T, and Q stories. <laughs> well, right? at that time, right? it would just be Q. Just Everybody Q. Okay. was yeah. Q. Right. Yeah, it didn't matter what. Because I think, I mean, because she dresses like a man and like, really takes on this like male gender role but it's also like well at that time that meant like just speaking up for yourself so it's like yeah you could say maybe she was well you could say maybe she was he maybe she was trans sure but that wasn't necessarily like a the way back then yeah. yeah like it was just queer everything was queer and since you couldn't express yourself no one could be like, this is how I feel. And another person be like, holy shit, me too. Right. What does that make us? Sure. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting. It's a, it's a cool show. And it's actually funny and stuff. So like beyond just being a drama, it's right. got some good humor. I also started a show on FX called Dave, which is about the rapper Lil Dicky. Oh, dude. It's so uh, fucking Lindsay funny. Lindsay has said that this is the fucking best. I love it. Is it really great? I love it so much. Damn. It's so good. I've made it five episodes in and the fifth episode had me crying. Look out. And I did what not are expect you so that. Sissy. I didn't expect that about an, uh, a show that has an episode about eating ass. <laughs> but Dave is so fucking good. It's so good. I really enjoy it. So okay. I'll have to check, check it it that out, man. Mm-hmm. Sounds intriguing right there. Yeah. I'll tell you what else sounds fucking intriguing. A beer? The mysterious substance <laughs> awaiting us within this bottle. You want to crack in this thing? I'm excited. Because it is dork. Um, yes. So this is... Does it even have the name on here? Okay, here's the thing about, like, fucking beer. burial. Is yeah. their, their beer names are always... It sounds like a fucking, like, you know, black metal album yeah. or something like that. Or like a tech death record. I've actually got to pull it up right here on their Instagram so I can even remember what it's called and read the description. So it's a limited edition stout that they did called... Excommunication from the altar of nonconformity. All right. I think that there must be a burial beer name generator. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It does just seem like random words thrown together. Yeah. It's like I think yeah. they just picked all their favorite Florida death metal records and like <laughs> chopped up all the words and they just pull out five of them and they're Toss like, them up in the air, see what happens. Altars of pestilence and madness. Double right. IPA. That <laughs> like, sounds great. That's how they did it. So this thing is an imperial stout. With Meyer lemon zest, oh, lemon crystals, okay. dried lemon wheels, shortbread, cinnamon, and Madagascar Tahitian and Mexican vanilla beans. Damn! Holy moly! It's the it's first a stout. Yeah, heavy resin imperial stout. It's fourteen fucking percent. Uh, See you later, alligator. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really stoked on this because, like, dude, 
whenever chocolate and lemon and stuff like that meet in the best way, yeah. it's such a rare delight. It is amazing when it works. Yes. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, you so know? when you, you, you sent me the description of this and I read it and I was like, Smell I that, cannot dude. imagine, like, this will either be amazing or the worst thing ever. This smells incredible. <laughs> it, smells it really does have that, like, lemon pastry yeah. ganache kind of meringue smell to yeah. it. And it is black as pitch. It is it really, really, is. That really is dark, so dark. Man. I hope it's not too, like, even, sugary, you know? Yeah, even even the foam on it is like a coffee color. Yeah, yeah, it's totally, <laughs> totally dark, man. I hope that this thing is amazing. Yeah, Burial Man also brought home a bunch of their, like, surf wax and stuff, yeah. which is maybe my favorite beer ever. It's so fucking good, man. Everything they make is great. They do it great do- stouts, great IPAs, all it of it, man. It smells so much like pastry, like you said. Like, yeah, it's it got a very pastry sort of, like, I'm I'm excited to find out what this is all about. The smell of this is reminding me of, like, whenever you get, like, you know, a mixed box of chocolates and there's, like, uh-huh. a dark chocolate with, like, a lemon cream inside. Yes. That's what this smells yes. like. And I like those a lot. Oh, me too. It's a rare delight. Let's find out about this thing. What's that do to you? Oh, Huh. Oh. Kind of speechless on that because, like, I don't know what I'm tasting here. So the lemon is way on the back end. Yeah, it's like you start to get some of that kind of like. There's like a little tartness. Yeah, a little tartness and a little kind of like bitter lemon peel. Yeah, more like a lemon oil kind of flavor. The lemon is less up front than I thought that it was going to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, whenever you first drink it, you're like. The smell is a little more lemony, but this doesn't. It. Hmm. I know, right? Wow. That is also, good. Holy fuck, is that 14%? Yeah, that that's what? dangerous as hell. <laughs> holy shit, like, <laughs> like this you're is le- wine. Yeah, luckily it's a stout, so it's heavy, because yeah. otherwise that that is so easily drinkable. Oh, dude, yeah, if you chug a lug that, you'd be <laughs> you'd be a goner. That's a fucking delight, yeah, that's man. Awesome. Burial really gets it. The vanilla in there mm-hmm. is really, really nice, too. It is, it's nice. Oh, I'll tell you about another fucking rare treat that I had. Um, We found ourselves walking back to the car and stopping back at a place in Asheville called Storm, okay, which is a rum bar. Oh. And uh, they do, like, all kinds of, you know, food and stuff like that. But they have, like, a menu with, like, 50-plus rums from all over the world. That's awesome. And uh, we ordered some cocktails and stuff, which were fucking incredible. Yeah. And I asked our server, I was like, I just want to order some rum that's unlike anything that I've ever had. Okay. Okay, so I was like, I just want something funky and bizarre and mm-hmm. unlike anything that I've experienced before. She's like, okay, let me go ask the bartenders what they think about this. And she came back and she was like, okay, we recommend that you guys try this one right here, which is a Parnubes rum from Oaxaca. It's 108 proof. Oh, that's clear. Yeah. And it's clear. And like the description it listed in their little book said it had, um, notes of mushroom funk and green grass. Huh. And dude, like whenever they brought it out and you smelled it, it smelled like fucking dirt. Like it's oh. and I've never <laughs> smelled a rum anything like this. It was like, what the fuck is this? It really did have this like okay. mushroom funk. Like the closest thing I could compare this to. Hmm. Um have you ever like rinsed your mouth out with hydrogen peroxide mm-hmm. and it has that like nasty, earthy, musty yeah. taste? Yeah. It smelled like that tastes. Okay. And I was like, I actually oh, God. don't hate that. I hate I, that. I use a peroxide toothpaste that I, I I don't know why. It's 
the taste isn't necessarily but there's like a smell in the back yeah, of your nose dude. that I, I actually kind of dig yeah, yeah okay well i, I smelled you the stuff it. and i was like this is gonna be weird but yeah you tasted it and it tasted nothing like it smelled oh okay it was the most bizarre shit that i've ever seen if you ever find a bottle of this stuff just snatch it up. It okay. is a unique fucking experience. The world of rum is so bizarre. It really is. It's so wild. Wa- have you ever watched uh, Tasting History with Max Miller? No. Oh, well, t- check those out. He, it's on YouTube? It's on the YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, usually like a 15-minute video where he uh, he he does like basic, a basic intro about a dish from history, and then he'll he'll start to make the this dish. This sounds awesome. And then he goes deep into like like text written about the dish or whatever like he he has one where he does like the history of pizza and like one where he recreates a loaf of bread that was oh, found at pompeii what yeah this sounds absolutely up yeah. my alley but he, amazing. he has one uh, about uh uh rum yeah that i remember being very interesting so right. check that out you might like that a scope mm-hmm. out right there you know what steve robocop yeah. Is a movie what had some twists and turns in it that I was not anticipating. Like this is one of those movies that, as I said, I've never seen before, but I have played with the action figures and played yeah. the video games and blah blah blah. And yeah. I was just like, I don't know. There's a guy who's a robot cop and he probably shoots the bad guys or whatever. Kind of. There was a lot of things in here where I was like, didn't anticipate that. Yeah. Especially that feller. What ends up melting? Uh huh. The melt man the in this melt movie. Man. Nobody told me about that. I'm also really glad they didn't. I mean, you barely mentioned it at the end of the uh, yeah, last episode. I didn't, like, yeah, didn't want to say like, too what? much. <laughs> I didn't want to say too much because it's such a surprise, but it's also not because of the rest of the movie. Yeah, because it's pretty towards the end of the movie. So yeah. you've already been shown just how fucking brutal this movie yeah. goes. But that melt scene in this. Ugh, it looks so good. Oh, my God, man. And it really just got burrowed into my psyche. And I got to mm-hmm. thinking about, you know what? What are some of my other favorite melted people that i've seen in my life mm-hmm. melt person melt person steve how about we just take this thing over here to the preview palace you have entered the preview palace you have five seconds to comply oh, shit man that's pretty serious it's actually pretty good <laughs> let's go on in here to the preview palace and steve let's give these people a list of 10 in no particular order top melts yeah of all time i'm excited for this because this was a, this was a controversial list we're going to have some fucking hot opinions in here because a lot of times we see eye to eye on things. It's true. We got a couple on here. Where it's like, I, hey, we got to talk philosophically. It. We do. We're going to get into it. We're going to get down to brass tacks, as they say, about some of these melts. But how about we just kick it off here yeah. with number 10 on our list, which is one from a movie that I haven't seen since I was a kinder kid. Yeah. I, it, was a, it was one I watched a lot as a kid. Though. Same. It yeah. was like always on like TBS yes. or TNT or something like that. Yeah. I like my dad liked it. I think because the whole movie had the aesthetic of like a seventies Molly Hatchet album cover. Yep. <laughs> I'm talking about motherfucking crawl. Crawl. Crawl, dude. The Conqueror. What a strange ass movie. It came out the same year, I think, as Empire Strikes Back. And like they were kind of neck yeah. and neck at the box office for a minute. Right, yeah. Had a ginormous budget. Uh, and yeah, like I remember okay, I mean, just to not talk about the melt just yet but to talk about growing up with crawl conan Beastmaster, all those movies that were yeah. like and molly hatchet album covers yes they were all just like so far out there like i do get now a little bit when i think about it why people complain that say marvel basically runs action films because 
I love the MCU. I love Marvel films. Damn. But we need some weird ass shit. Like Give me this, some like weird Robocop, ass shit, like dude. Crawl. Like we yeah. need weird shit where they're putting way too much money into the strangest idea. Dude, like Crawl is this story about this guy with this crazy fucking boomerang weapon uh-huh. throwing thing. <laughs> He's looking for the Black Beast, which has this castle that like teleports to different locations yeah. and shit. That whole fight at the end with the Black Beast yeah. is bizarre as it's so fuck, strange. man. Yeah. But, dude, the part in here where they're, like, traveling through the woods or going through the forest and that feller gets melted mm-hmm. is traumatic as shit. Yes, like, it is. Go to YouTube and just look the scene up. Yeah, look up. it up. Mm-hmm. The way that dude is, like, screaming and shit as he's melting into the forest floor. Yeah. You're like, I guess they killed this guy for sure, right? <laughs> I guess they melted a man. <laughs> he, he melted for crawl. <laughs> I stopped the world well, and melt, melt for, for crawl. <laughs> It's it's really fucking crazy, man. Yeah. That, that's a good old melt. That's a really good one. Yeah. Man, next up, I'm telling you. Here's another traumatic from the childhood one. Of Roger Rabbit fame. Okay. They, I don't know. Who framed Roger Rabbit in general should not have been shown to children. Oh, uh, no. It no. was. I, I mean, I loved it for what it was as a child. When did it come out? Like 88? Something I like think. that. So, yeah. like a year after this. So, like. I was already watching RoboCop and Terminator and shit, but watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit, when he dips the shoe early, I immediately was like, fuck, this movie's kind of fucked up. And then when he melts, when Judge uh, Doom melts, it is... Like, when he shows he's a tune, I was traumatized. And then he melts. Yeah. Fucked up. Well, and then the most fucked up thing is, like, looking back on it now, knowing that you were watching this movie with your dad who had a boner (laughs) over the cartoon lady. Yeah. That's the most <laughs> fucked up part. It is. As a seven-year-old, I was like, I guess that cartoon lady's pretty. She's pretty, but like, I didn't get what was going on in all those scenes. No, no. I didn't get how sexual it all was. It sure was. I mean, it was just like any other cartoon where they'd have a sexy lady. It was like wolf whistle and Sure, she, yeah. Va-va-voom. Yeah. Right. It's way more sexual. <laughs> but dude, those scenes where, yeah, Judge Doom is like freaking out and showing he's a tune and all that stuff. I remember that scaring the shit yeah, out of me when me I was too. a kid. It, it, it's real weird to look back because, like, I've said before that Ernest Scared Stupid scared the shit out of me at a time when I shouldn't have been scared by it. Right. Because, like, I had seen so many horror movies and stuff. But, like, for some reason, stuff the that they... The setting, man. It's they, all that setting. Yeah. They aim this stuff at kids and then they you're having a fun time and then suddenly real disturbing shit is happening. Yeah. It's like, I... like. The, the troll and Ernest Scared Stupid or Judge Doom melting, it was just like too much. Exactly. Yeah, yeah totally takes it by surprise. Whereas if you're in a horror flick, you kind of expect it Yeah, you expect that to be. Yeah, the whole time it's all fucked up. So you're like, right, duh. That's like the never ending story effect, man. Right. <laughs> you know, when you see the, the fucking wolf head mm-hmm. and all that shit, it's just like way more disturbing than it would be yeah. in an actual horror movie because it's in a damn kids movie. Yep. The fucking Large Marge. I mean, any of that shit. Yes, Large Marge scared the shit out of me, I remember. What's scaring the shit out of kids in their movies these days? Like, what are they sneaking into kids' movies now that's fucking up? I'd like to know. I'd like them, because, like, you know, kids right now can't say for sure. It'll take them five, ten years before they look back and go like, man, that really fucked me up. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of it. Like, because at the time you're scared and then, like, Maybe you don't really think about it again, but then when someone brings it up later, you're like, oh, you're like, man, what? right. That yeah. fucked me up. <laughs> That's how this crawl thing was, especially yeah. with me, too. Man. Yeah. It's like, I forgot how fucked up that was, man. 
All right, the next one on our list here, you got to tell me yeah. about it because I ain't never seen it. Uh, the 1988 blob, we, we're going to do it. We have it. to do it. We're I'm gonna dying it to watch it, man. Because honestly, I, I like originally when I was kind of thinking of Action August, I was thinking of action horror movies. Yeah. But I really just wanted to, I wanted to talk about robocop honestly no shit man <laughs> the right robocop was the the impetus for action august but uh the blob 1988 has so many great action moments and stuff in it that that was kind of the thing i rewatched it recently and that was the thing that made me think like we should do that but the blob also has great like it the blob itself melts people like Ooh, so it's not just absorbing them it's fucking liquefying your right. ass yes Ugh. it's fucking dope like i i really can't say because like i can't put it in your head like the the other two where you you have the image but it's such good effects like we we just know that these late 80s like real early 90s bef- right before computers got yep. involved they got real good at it, practical it was the height of practical effects and that blob 1988 fucking up there you know who did the special effects on it I don't. I, I didn't look it up when I watched it. But some hunk. I'm sure it's some hunk. Yeah. Some fucking hunk, man. Yeah. Well, we'll have to do that on the show soon because I'm dying to watch yeah. it, man. I'm yeah. dying uh, to see Kevin it. Kevin Dillon riding away on a on a dirt bike away from a helicopter and doing a huge jump. It's fucking doing rad. a huge jump. It's I mean it's a big jump. It's it's a dirt bike jump. But Is it it's a like, wicked jump. It's a wicked jump. That's oh, for man. sure. Damn it. Well, yeah, I have to watch like it as now. he's doing it. You're like, ah, oh, what do you think? You smart. Yeah, smart, huh? Huh? <laughs> That's how you know it's wicked. You start doing a Boston wicked accent. Smart. <laughs> I bet he's got a Charlie car to park his car. <laughs> right? That's what Bostoners say, right? Beans. They do say beans. And they love cream. Whitey Bulger. Oh, <laughs> Whitey Bulger's the hero around there. Yeah, yeah, obviously, man. Southie, they say. Yeah, let's go to Southie and talk about Whitey Bulger while we eat some cream. <laughs> yeah. They're always just fucking chomping at cram, aren't they? That's just how they do. This is their way. Okay. Hey, listen, we got we got all sorts of listeners up there in Massachusetts, and they know they're right now listening. They're nodding along. They're like, "Yep, Massachusetts, <laughs> Massachusetts, Ma- Massachusetts is yep. how we say it down here. That's exactly how yeah, we do, man. Massachusetts. Now we've talked about some fucking melting people, but I want to talk about maybe the most famous melted person yeah. of all. I'm this talking, dude. This bitch melted down. In such a big bad way that it made history. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Wicked Witch of the West melting down. She's melting. I mean, it's not like a uh uh a gruesome scene or anything. Special effects are not great. Yeah, it's really just kind of a smoke and I guess she was just kind of shrinking down and yeah. then clothes. Not a lot going on but there. But it's the most famous because the Wizard of Oz is, is well known around the world. Even though at the time it was kind of a bomb. Uh, I mean, kind of a bomb. Mm-hmm. It, it did okay. the The book series was huge around the world, okay. and so people have watched The Wizard of Oz. It has caught on in other countries. I, I know in uh, Russia specifically, they all knew The Wizard of Oz. It, it is just one of those scenes that, as a kid, like again, this is one of those movies that fucked me up because of the flying monkeys and the trees coming. Oh alive. my god, yeah. Um, but. And she- that feller hanging himself in the forest <laughs> with the Pink Floyd song. The Pink Floyd song. Mm-hmm. I've never done that. I actually no, do want to do that. It does sound fun. But honestly, I'll tell you this about uh, hallucinogens. Play any album 
with any movie with no sound going and you will find connections. <laughs> I put on Hammer Don't Hurt Him while watching The Departed and it all lined up perfectly. Yeah, I was like, oh, right. That's why there's the rat at the end. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, too legit to quit. Exactly. <laughs> ah, he was too legit, so therefore he had to quit. Got it. <laughs> Actually, now I do. It kind of does make that, sense now. That, that is an amazing podcast premise yeah. where you take a random album and a random movie and try yeah, to sync up, baby. them up. Yeah. Okay, anybody okay, yeah, out there want to buy that, we're in for 30%. Exactly right. Our <laughs> usual fee. Yeah. It just makes sense. But yeah, that, that Wicked Witch, like, the Wicked Witch was so scary to me as a kid, even though it's just a lady in green paint. Like, she she did such a great job. I think the atmosphere of it, but that melt scene, I remember as a kid, being like a victorious moment. It's a real rare moment That's where someone true. melts and you're like, good, yay. <laughs> good, they melted. <laughs> Yeah, usually you're like, bad, they melted. <laughs> Oops. Oh, no, they oh, no. melted. <laughs> I've melted him, you say. <laughs> what an accident. <laughs> My microwave gun melted him. You know what? We say this, but at the same time, I bet Jeffrey Dahmer had his own little private oh, moments of victory where he man. did say, yes, I melted him. <laughs> he did pour acid into people's brains. so and dissolved them bodies in that big blue barrel. So, hey, perfect. He probably looked into that thing one day and was like, success. I've, I've melted, melted him. <laughs> So, you know, it's all about perspective is what we're saying here, kids. It's yeah. all about perspective. You And also remember, hydrochloric acid won't melt kidney stones. Really? They've, they, they did catch a serial killer by finding kidney stones in a barrel of acid, I remember. I'll tell you what. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep on drinking a two-liter of Mountain Dew <laughs> every day. That way I always keep a kidney stone going. <laughs> that way if an Jeffrey Dahmer 2 finds me... <laughs> And gets me. They can find him. I can't wait for Jeffrey Dahmer 2 Electric Dude. Boogaloo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, definitely. going to be real fun. He's going to be a he, blast. He'll man. only kill the straights. You know, the thing is, though, is that with today's fashion choices and stuff, he'll blend right in with all the hipster kids wearing their aviator glasses That is glasses true with stuff. those terrible glasses. Mustaches. And just dressing and like you found some clothes in your dad's closet that he bought at Walmart in the 90s. I can't believe that I'm at that point where I'm looking at young people being like, what the fuck are they wearing? What the fuck are they wearing? It I looks mean, terrible. Listen, I, I will never, ever once say a generation is doing worse than the 90s i don't know what you're talking about man Jinkus. i don't know what oh okay all right all right i do know what you're talking about there all right all right all right all right all right, all right. And they're coming back so yeah exactly those fools fools there's copying us man also fred durst is popular again now did you watch the limp biscuit lollapalooza no i hear it was awesome okay here's the thing i don't like limp biscuit at all but i hear it was good the band sounded good awesome and here's the thing like fred durst was Honestly, really keeping it in his range and shit. Yeah. Like he wasn't up there okay. trying to like scream his ass off and stuff. He's too old to do that shit. Well, and he dressed up as a, a dad on purpose. Yeah. I think like it looks like he's from the damn Beastie Boys sabotage video. Is yes. what he looks like. Yeah, somebody pointed that out uh, to to me at some point, and I and and it like, just yeah. stuck in my head. Like fuck yeah, that's what he must be doing, right? Yeah. Like, I think the funniest thing is that th this is like a meme that I saw is like. Our perception of Limp Biscuit is so fucked up that we're all sitting here talking about, like, man, did you see how Fred Durst looks? Meanwhile, Wes Borland is there wearing, like, a half mask and body paint <laughs> and, like, fucking, point. like, we didn't even bat an eye at that. But we're like, man, Fred Durst wearing this fucking Poor Wes jacket. over there, like, nobody's paying attention to me. Yeah. Yeah. I've been weird for so long that it's not even a thing to anybody Dad core is much more weird. <laughs> I'll tell you, it was not nearly as bad as it could have been. Band sounded fine, man. I mean, other than it being like a gigantic super spreader event oh, or whatever. Oh, Jesus but. Christ, man. <laughs> I think they, they only... 
you were supposed to prove you were vaccinated or have like a, a negative test or something. It's I like, bet everybody was responsible yeah, and did. I bet so. Anyway, yeah, so that Wicked Witch, uh, probably the most famous melt. Probably the most famous mm-hmm. melt. But what about an anthology melt? Oh, buddy. Number six. You ever seen Creep Show 2? I've seen Creep Show 2. You ever seen a little short called The Raft? I've seen that raft, and mm-hmm. it don't get good, D. I'll tell you about that. Yeah, it doesn't. There's a I big love old, the raft, yeah, dude. Big old black slime. It'll get you. It'll melt you, too. And it'll melt you, too, yeah. It'll I, go to melting your ass. I think, like, that has to be the most solid part of creep show too right because the, yeah. the opening one like the, is the, the native di- american yeah. one that's aging very badly aging very badly is the, it also has the hitchhiker one i right? like the hitchhiker that's one. good thanks one. for yeah. the ride yeah that's a good one that's disturbing yeah but yeah that that the, the raft is the best the raft is the best and the melt the melts are, are awesome and it, it like what i like about the raft is how just like weird it feels it's like yeah these kids go swimming they swim out to this raft they get melted the end that's kind of it yeah <laughs> it's like a fucked up like nightmare that you'd have or yes. something where you're like that didn't make sense but it made sense at the time yeah. it's very fucking weird yeah, yeah the effects are great we yeah. not done creep show too nope we did creep show we maybe we do creep show too soon maybe it's coming up maybe so maybe we gotta do that one now what about a movie what's entire premise is made up of bums vagabonds and hobos okay drinking some tainted viper liquor <laughs> And just melting it up. I'm talking about our number five choice, right. Street Trash. Street Trash. What boy. a movie. What? Boy. I'll tell you. That <laughs> is. I mean, it's it's up there with like Meet the Feebles type of just like odd. It's bizarre. Yeah. It's bizarre, man. And but, it is like kind of the prime melt movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah. If you like some melting and if stuff you're like that. The melts. And it's really just all about bums drinking tainted party liquor and then they they melt and the melts in it are so fucking rad yeah they're like multicolor. like it looks like those things when like somebody takes a box of crayons and melts it yes and it's just like all these streams of vibrant colors and shit really cool i don't even know what they did there's that one time where that guy like melts into the commode he melts into the turlet yes and it's just like all these colors and stuff shooting up it's a beautiful melt it is it's a beautiful melt i don't know the explanation for why they're so colorful you know what? There should be a Russell Crowe movie called A Beautiful Melt. That's about a guy with an imaginary friend who's a mathematician that uh, melts people. Sure. A sure, beautiful yeah. Melt. He, he's figured out the mathematical formula for melting a person. Yeah. Yeah. He's got it. It's all in the numbers. Yeah. A Beautiful Melt. Yep. I- Street Trash, dude. Street that's, Trash. That's a movie that I don't know. Maybe we'll do on the show one day. It's, it's not really horror. Yeah. It's kind of in that exploitation range. Yeah. I mean, I think... Uh, yeah, I think it's on Shutter or something. So it's kind of it's horror adjacent at the very yeah. least. It's yeah. definitely worth um, worth a look. It's not like a great movie. No, it, it's just one of the an oddity. Like it is. It's one of those. It's like fun to talk about. Yeah, not that fun to watch, honestly. Yeah. But man, what a fucking weird movie, dude. Now the next one on our list here, mm-hmm. our number four. Okay, all right, all right. Now these are my choices. Yeah, but I you're, like these. You're standing your fucking ground. Well, no, I just want to discuss it. I okay, discuss let's just discuss it. We'll see it. what everybody thinks. Let's just hear how you're wrong. Okay, <laughs> all right. I've got a couple of melts on here mm-hmm. that are people that melt, but they don't die. They live on to melt another day. Yeah, and you're holding it against them. Well, you're holding it against Alex Mack. Listen, I'm not mad at Alex Mack. I'm just saying she turns into some sort of like metallic fluid and then back into herself. It's kind of like 
I mean, I get technically it is going from a solid state to a liquid Sounds state. like melting to me. So, okay, that is a melt. That is a melt technically. Yes. But it isn't in the spirit with the other melts. It's a little mm, to me. So you're saying the show would have been better if she got doused in radioactive waste and then just one time she melts into the puddle and then the she's end. just, yes, yeah, over. She's a pu- or Credits. she's a puddle from now on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just puddle Mac. Just- <laughs> I'd love that too. But you know, she she turned into that liquid goo uh-huh. and she turned back again, only she wouldn't That's have no true. clothes on and melt her clothes. It's true. And we got we got a couple more who do the same thing. What do you know about T one thousand? You tell I mean, me he doesn't melt? It's I I would say his natural state. Does he melt? Yes or okay. no? Okay, technically, he goes from a solid state to a liquid state. You are correct. Sounds like a melt. But I feel like his natural state is the liquid state. Okay. Oh. So he solidifies. Okay. So you're saying melt is his starting point. Yeah. <laughs> he is a melt. He is a melt. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, this is kind of a different take, honestly. This is kind of making me scratch my head a little bit. Right, because so if he's automatically already melted. Yeah. Okay. But in order to melt, it has to be solid first. You don't refer to water as melted ice. Hmm. So. Well, but mer- it- Mercury's not solid. That's true. It is naturally that way. Is, is mercury a melt? Hmm. Can you put mercury on a melt? Like if we you need were to just consult make, some scientists with this one. You were making a melt at a at a, a diner. Yeah, mercury melt. Mercury on here. Yeah. Yeah. Why not, man? All right. T one thousand, man. He'll get gooey on you. Now I think your other one though. Gladius. Glacius. Or thank Glacius, you. Glacius. Sorry. Glacius. At least get his name right. I, yeah. I didn't really play this game, but. So oh, explain Glacius. Glacius is a character in Killer Instinct, Killer Instinct yes. the rare developed fighting game for mm-hmm. Nintendo consoles. I do remember playing it. Fucking great game. Okay. Combo breaker, etc. I remember that. Yeah. Ultra, uh-huh. ultra, uh-huh. yada, yada, yada. And Glacius was a man of ice. Yes. He was an ice alien man. Mm-hmm. And that motherfucker, he'd melt into a puddle, he'd warp around the screen, then he'd uppercut your ass. Okay, I mean... If he melted into a puddle, I like a full-on water puddle. Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to say it's not a melt. Honestly, you know? okay, all right, all right. Because Alex Max is turning into something metallic or whatever, but he's he's a puddle now. Yeah, that's that's a melt. I and guess. then he'd uppercut you. See, uh, I mean, that's a, re- a reformation, but he did melt. He did melt. But I think technically you're right with Alex Max. She melts, but it's. I kind of need her to be a puddle on the floor. She just turns into like liquid and goes where she wants. She kind of does. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of more of a transportation method. I think you've got a problem with her independence is what it That's sounds it. like. She's a woman who doesn't need Damn. your help. She's an independent young lady. My, my toxic masculinity. It's coming, coming out. out once again, <laughs> keeping you from embracing your fellow melt adjacent people. All right. All right, Alex Mack. I apologize. There we Apologies go. to Alex Mack and the Alex Mack family. <laughs> Another melt bigot put to rest. <laughs> <laughs> your your days are over. Yep. All right, let's move on to our number three right here. Now, this uh-huh. is one that the horror fans can definitely get into. Yeah. What you know about this one? Evil Dead. We got some melt action mm-hmm. going on here. At the end, you get that that really like colorful like claymation melt that cool as shit it is so cool and it's like the thing about evil dead when we've talked about evil dead and evil dead 2 evil dead 2 is probably the superior movie because evil dead was kind of like they were just trying to figure out what to do at the end so by that point 
I'm a little less invested because it, it's a little bit slow by that point. Yeah. But the melt always brings me back. Yeah, totally. Because it, it visually is so awesome. It's just so creative yeah. and so cool. that Yeah, you're right. At that point in the movie, I'm like a little checked out. But then yeah. that comes in and you're just like, holy shit, like a new layer to this movie that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. And it's really fucking cool. Yeah. I, and of course, Evil Dead is a classic. So it's going to be high up on the list. Totally, man. Now, this list was in no particular order, but right, I do but think that our number one and number two right here... These are the two are kind of which one's the best, Yeah, basically. these are actually the best ones, I think, yeah. and it's a coin toss to determine right. really which one is the best. Right. Whenever we started talking about doing this uh, topic here for the Preview Palace, the first thing I thought of, of course, is the best kind of melted person, which is... A melted Nazi. You know, my what? favorite I, kind of Nazi is melted. I didn't even consider. I I'm, may have to retract my argument for the other one here in a second. Because we are part. talking about melting Nazis, I so mean, that's like plus. awesome. Yeah, that's like yeah. a huge you know win in the plus column right there. Melting a normal, hardworking person contributing to this economy. Yeah. Mm, melting a Nazi. <laughs> Fuck awesome. yeah. Yeah. Melt so, them all. <laughs> so, okay, so. For me, what the the slight downgrade, not a big downgrade, was that for a uh, even though it's a, a, a you know an action adventure fun movie, sure. it was a, it's a little silly that they go to claymation suddenly, but it also looks great. I mean, is it claymation or is it a model that's well, covered yeah, in like wax? Well, yeah, it's like a melted melting. wax model. Yeah, but it it very much it looks wax. Yeah, but that's not a problem. I'm I'm just. Uh, like very much nitpicking here trying to decide which of the two is better because it's amazing it still stands the test of time still looks awesome and it's so fun too like watching that movie as a kid and we talked about this on our Raiders of the Lost Ark episode that we did in which we ruined the movie a hundred (laughs) times over just to absolutely fucking demolish that movie it's still yeah and it's like that's the thing is like dude we demolished that movie in yeah. the episode because it actually is really easy to make the whole thing not make any fucking oh, sense. Oh, yeah. It doesn't And be really. very problematic. Right. Extremely problematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it's like, if you ask me if I want to watch it after we're done, I'd be like, oh, yeah. yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, I'll watch it. Same Crack with Temple of one. Doom. Yeah, fucking I'm, awesome. I'm not a fan of Temple of Doom in, nah. in like general, but I'm also like, I will well, watch it. Well, yeah, I'll watch it, it though, Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, do you want a Totino's pizza? No, of course I don't. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Are you making it? Yes. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Like, I'm not going to get a craving for it, probably. Yeah. But I'm going to eat it. But I just remember like watching that movie as a kid, and you're just like, fun, action, adventure, yeah. rolling boulders, whipping my whip, and stuff Melting like that. Nazi faces. <laughs> it's just like, then the movie goes fucking ECW like <laughs> really <laughs> fast, <laughs> dude. Yeah. The fucking angel ghost things and the face melting. Like, imagine if they made a movie like that now with like The Rock or fucking, uh, oh, yeah. what's his name, Jurassic Park guy right, or right, whatever. Right. Um, and uh, it's Chris like Pratt. Chris Pratt. Thank yeah. you. And it's like all fun adventure. Yay. 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 Brutal fucking gore at the end. Yeah. That is missing now in like, we got to scare them kids. dude. Yeah, they got to like, make podcasts someday. Cause you think about the blockbuster jaws. Yeah. Like blockbusters now don't, they don't go that hard. They don't go that hard. Yeah. And we need more of that. Exactly. I man. Think. But I think the reason you don't go that hard probably is because the plan is always do CG, and CG blood usually looks like shit. Doesn't look good. Yeah. So whatever. You're probably right, man. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's an awesome one. But I think my favorite, and the one that... It didn't scar me as a kid. It was just... I loved it. Uh, yeah. Is the melting scene in Gremlins. I mean, yeah. it's fucking awesome. Uh-huh. And the, the thing about it is, of, mm. as you know from listening to our Gremlins episode, 
I was already scarred for life by just watching the Gremlins commercials yes. and seeing like the print ads and stuff like yeah. that. I was fucking terrified. Yeah. Not mortified. Not mortified at all. Not mortified at it. all. I'm catching my grammar this time. <laughs> Thank you for the corrections in the past. You have improved me, dead lovely listeners. I absolutely terrified of the Gremlins as a kid. So like, you know, I didn't see that movie until yeah. way later in my teens or twenties or something like that. And so by then I was happy to see the little bastards melt. Yeah, same for me, me though. Nightmares. As a kid, honestly, I think I bet the previews and just pictures of the Gremlins were scarier than actually watching the movie because the movie they're kind of goofy and silly, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, as as a kid, it's it's just that victorious moment, like you just saw fucking cute ass Gizmo driving around in the Barbie Aww. car and shit. Like it, it's so like perfect moment. Uh, you know, the end, the bad guys die, etc. And we also get the one that melts in the microwave. Or explodes yeah. and melts, I guess. He does. Yeah. That's right, man. But yeah, it's it's got it. It's just gross. Like it it's is. so like green and gross and and just perfect for the end of that movie. Totally agree, man. Yeah, it is exactly the icing on the cake that it needed. It needed to be just some green slime yeah. and smoke and goo and ooze <laughs> and just like the shit you want to see when you're a kid. Yeah, it fucking was cool. awesome. I, I yeah, I I I think because um, I know that there's some work on a Gremlins three. Yeah, yeah. And I really, I think it's possible that you could make another Gremlins that would be fun today. I hope so, man. And I hope it's, uh, like, gross. And, like, that's that's the point. Like, that's, that's the point. The point of yeah. Gremlins 1 and Gremlins 2, even more gross. Like, they got the, like, salad Gremlin and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, you got to go gross. You got to go full on into it. But I could see a Gremlins 3 hitting. I think so, yeah. and I hope they fucking melt them, melt them good, yeah. right? <laughs> but I'm sure that we missed out on your favorite melt. Absolutely. I want to know what your favorite melt is over on our Facebook group. There's always all kinds of fun action and stuff going on. It's the best reason to be on Facebook. Yeah. It's definitely not to learn about fucking science. Yeah, not a good place to learn about science, the Facebook. Don't. Or politics. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. But yeah. it's great for our Facebook group. It is. That's a wonderful place to be. It is indeed. So be sure to head on over there. Just give it a search. You'll find us, and uh, we'll approve you for a membership and shit like that. And share your favorite melt over yeah. there on the page. Even better if you can provide like a YouTube clip so we can all watch it. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like there's some really obvious ones that I'm forgetting. Oh, definitely. Even like yeah. for like video games and cartoons and shit like that. Like I feel like there's some that I'm forgetting about. Oh, 100%. Like, I didn't even consider video games or cartoons like... There've got to be a ton of great ones, right? Yeah. Not to mention all the fucking faces I've melted while like soloing. Oh yeah, shred like shred my balls off. You've seen people's face literally melt off. Yeah, no from remorse. Your guitar. It's fine. That's what you showed up for. Deal with it. Deal with it. Get your face fixed. Pick your face up. Uh, fucking mop your face up over there, <laughs> huh? Just melted that shit. So yeah, let us know about that over on the Facebook group. But you know what? I feel like now it's about time to start talking about our friend Robert. Cop. Yep. Robert, Robert Cop. Cop. He was alive and then he died and they made him a Robert. They did. That's yep. the whole plot of the movie. Mm -hmm. Dude, so this is one that I have always wanted to see and somehow it's just eluded me. Like, I actually don't know at this point how I've never seen this. I don't either. I'm I like, I know that now that you've seen it, like, it's really hitting your brain. Like, yes. how have I not seen this? Yes. But like... It blew my mind finding out you hadn't seen this, and I'm I'm glad we get to talk about it on the show after you've seen it for your first time because it it's 
35 years later, 34 years later right now, this movie stands the test of time. Yes. It's it, probably more relevant now. More relevant now, even than it was when it was Holy made. Holy shit. It's and amazing. Dude, isn't it wild, too? Because like, I think about, you know, I was absolutely not allowed to watch this when I was a kid because yeah. it's fucking brutal. Violent as hell, yeah. And I could say the same thing about any number of other flicks like Predator and Terminator right. 2 and shit mm-hmm. like that. Like all these other great action flicks that were brutal or gory mm-hmm. or whatever. And then they were really worried about us playing Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Like, look at the gore and shit in this, which is a movie yeah. that millions of people saw. This was an extremely popular movie. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, go fucking play Mortal Kombat 1 again on Super Nintendo or Genesis. <laughs> it's just like some red blotches. It's not even yeah. remotely fucking yeah. realistic, but that's what they were worried about. You gotta be fucking kidding me. I don't... I mean... It all feels like manufactured outrage always. Always. I I never, never believe that these groups are real people who really care about Or actually mad. Yeah, it's like, it's almost like, like one mom or one dad, like, had a problem with their kid and their kid did something wrong and they were like, must be that Mortal Kombat. Probably that KMSBM. And then they bullied a bunch of other people into being like, I I guess I hate Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, dude, it's like, that's, you know, that's all you got to know is if, like, if you spend any time at all on social media, the whole outlook is, like, if you're not getting angry about something, you're not standing up for anything. Right. Just stay angry at something. Well, there there are tons of things to be angry about. You don't have to go searching for them. No, not really. Yeah. (laughs) And you can do something about them. Yeah. Did you watch this movie as a kid? Yes. Yeah, I actually remember watching the first time I watched this movie. I uh, was playing the video game uh, Smash TV. Smash TV, dude, such and a cool game. I didn't realize as a kid that watching this movie and playing Smash TV there were similarities. Right. <laughs> so the, the we've talked about it before with like John Carpenter's They Live and stuff like that. This period of time, the mid to late eighties, was just all about either anti-capitalism or celebrating capitalism oh yeah Yeah. oh yeah dude yeah there are so many similarities between this and a lot of our other favorite movies that came out in this era that were very critical of reagan era america that's really what all this shit is about absolutely 100 percent uh ronald reagan worst thing that's happened to this country yeah Uh, probably in the past 100 years yeah yeah if you don't believe us, ask a gay person. Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a gay person. Anybody that lived through the AIDS epidemic. Right. It's not just gay ask, people that were affected. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Anybody who's living in poverty now because of him. Uh, all of us with student debt, we can thank Ronald Reagan and all the people who followed him, have, who have all been as conservative or further to the right than him, including yeah. Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, and Joe Biden. Yeah. All of them after Reagan. It's all been Reaganomics. Everything we've seen that has led to us being similar in some ways to this world of RoboCop all stems from Reagan. So you can see why like writers and directors of the time were, if they had a mind, were enraged. Oh, yeah. You could see what was going to happen. It's like no different than the lead up to, like say, Trump being elected or Biden being elected. Yeah. And people saying, this is what's going to happen when that person gets elected. And then it does. And then exactly those things happen, and people act surprised. And it's like, well, there's no surprise. We knew. There was never... 
I understand you can point to something this person said and be like, well, maybe that or maybe this. And it's like, no, 40 years of being a politician have shown us exactly what this asshole is going to do. Or, you know, uh, 60 years of being a terrible businessman have shown us exactly what this asshole is yeah. going to do. Like, we, we, we see this just as well as people saw in the 80s what the results of Reaganomics were going to be. So this is prescient in a way, but it's also like, there was no, there's no other way Reaganomics would end than what we got here, which is corporate control of um, towns, right? Deregulation, privatization, absolute corporate control, the expansion of the corporation into the state, into eventually running the police offices and things oh God, like that. Militarization of the police. Got private Drone prisons, warfare. private uh, hospitals. This even has a like like this is full of satire. Like th- this is honestly a black comedy. It is a very yeah. extremely dark, bleak comedy. Yeah. man. like I know that everybody consumed it as an action movie where there's this super cop it, that beats the bad that. guys, and you can watch it that way. It's sure, it's got all that. That's not what it's about, though. Nope. It's we're not. This is not a raw raw movie. Absolutely nobody in this movie is really good no like the cops aren't presented as the good nope they're just in between two evils fighting each other and that's like what the hell like it's insane like how accurate it is to our real world applications now now these cops basically we get murphy who's presented as the ideal cop yeah he comes into the into the job and stuff and the little bit of time we get to spend with him he seems like a guy who really does believe in the cops and believes right. in the law and wants to make a difference and shit like that yeah he's uh, a bit chauvinistic there's obviously some he very is, fucking and, 80s things going on here yeah and he's uh he's he's very gung-ho and he does uh, hang out of window shooting two pistols at a truck uh, of people who just robbed a bank. Fucking sick. Yeah, I mean, all that, though, is like, that's ideal cop in TJ Laser world. Like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's this ideal... Like, the idea that someone would go into law enforcement to play out a fantasy that they've seen on TV or in movies, which is what we have. Yeah, yeah. That's our law enforcement. Totally, yeah, so, like, yeah. And the funny thing is, is like, even though this movie is you know, very bleak satire, it probably inspired some people to go become exactly. cops that could blow shit up. But that's the problem. I mean, that's always the problem is that you can't speak to certain people in any way without, like, them misinterpreting it. Yeah, totally. This movie doesn't make any effort well, to... Well, and, and also, too, it goes back to the thing where it's like, if you have to explain the joke, it's not funny anymore. Right. If I have to explain to you people what this is really saying... <sighs> yeah this movie doesn't make any effort to do that no. it's very kind of like it's it's throwing these things at you they're very clear but also like a man gets uh shot in a boardroom and like barely anybody reacts like yeah it, it is not it's an action movie it's it's an insane sort of like absurdist surreal movie at times but it also has like very clear lines saying exactly the philosophy of the movie oh yeah yeah and again i was totally unprepared for that yeah i was unprepared for the brutality i was unprepared for the social uh social and political messages and stuff this thing batted 
way higher. Yeah. Way higher than I was anticipating. Yep. I was really just expecting another big 80s action movie. Yeah. And this is so far deeper than that, man. Let me tell you about how this came to be. I'm interested to find out about yeah. this, man, because the, the writer and director and the whole team that put this thing together sound like an interesting bunch. Yeah, they are. Ed Newmeyer. Okay, so Ed Newmeyer was a PA on Taxi in, you know, Like 70s. the TV show, Taxi? Yeah, the TV show, Taxi. He was a PA, like went to UCLA, got a PA job, that sort of thing. He uh, ended up uh, like a script reader or consultant at Universal, and um, he he read Risky Business, the the script Risky Business when it came in, and he wrote like an eighteen page treatise, like telling them they had to make this movie, and uh, they like you know went off his enthusiasm made the movie it was a big success so oh, wow he got hired as a junior executive hmm. so while he was working as a junior executive um they were also making blade runner oh shit the so, best right so he's working as a junior executive you know dealing with risky business or whatever but whenever he's got free time he goes to the set of Blade Runner, which is like right outside his office, and just sort of like blends in and starts working on the film. Why the fuck wouldn't you? Because he really wanted to know how to make movies. Wow. Like he, he had he had you know worked some in television and gotten this far by just doing one thing. And so, well, I mean, he did a ton of other things, but that one big thing had gotten him this far. But he doesn't know how to make movies, so he's like learning on the set of Blade That's Runner. So cool. Golly, what a movies. fucking way to learn. Yeah. And uh, he, he gets this idea, and he contacted a guy named Michael Miner, who had uh, sent in uh, like a, a music video he had made, and uh, he had seen it, and he contacted him and was like, hey, I got this idea, and they start talking about it. And Michael Miner had an idea for a movie called Super Cop, and uh, Ed Neumeyer had this idea for like basically... A, a RoboCop character who's coming to understand that he used to be human or whatever. Okay. Anyway, they start developing this script, and over a period of about five months, they write it. Uh, by the end of 1984, they've got their script, and they, they take it to uh, uh, Orion oh, Pictures yeah, yeah, yeah. and work with a, a producer there, and Dan Johnson, I believe. Anyway, uh, they work with a producer there who's worked on a lot of exploitation movies and worked with a lot of people who do like effects and puppeteering and stuff. And so like that kind of starts guiding them in the way they're going to like get this done, but they get a few more like drafts in and stuff. And they bring in Paul Verhoeven who at this time, uh, isn't known as, you know, the guy who made RoboCop and Total Recall. And sure. Yeah. Starship Troopers, like a, a sci-fi, uh, God director, basically. No kidding. Um, he, he had made uh, he had had some critically acclaimed foreign language films though. He's from Europe. He is. He is from Europe, he, and his English apparently wasn't that great because they sent him the script and he read the first page and was just kind of disgusted with it and didn't want to read it. And then like, well, because the title is so fucking off putting right. too. Like RoboCop is a dumbass name for a movie. But that's exact. Yeah, and Ed Newmeyer was so insistent on it being RoboCop. It had to be dumbass. It yeah. had to be that. It had to be. Something that was lowbrow that brings people into this movie that can hit all the lowbrow. Like, it is a fucking action movie. It's got everything you need. It does. It's a, honestly probably one of the 
more perfect scripts out there. Yeah. Like, it is a perfect three-act structure. We get development in our main character. That l- The arc is just perfect. He goes from he is Murphy through RoboCop to I am Murphy. Sure. Like, and yeah, that's the yeah. final line. And it's just full great. circle. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Right. Uh, so Verhoeven, though, wasn't interested in it and it probably had a lot to do with his English not being great. His girlfriend read it, or maybe it was his wife at the time, um, read it, and she was like, no, you need to read this. You need Damn. to give this another look That's because awesome. this is is really good. So eventually you get Paul Verhoeven on. So Ed Neumeyer and Michael Miner are working with Paul Verhoeven trying to figure out some things like, you know, what they want to do. And Ed Neumeyer was really insistent on a lot of things, specifically like the uh, news breaks and the commercial breaks. Love it. One of my favorite parts of the movie. It's amazing. They, what it does is break up scenes without jarringly transitioning to the next scene. Totally. It's also just an exposition exposition. It tells you so much about the world without saying like, it's not news breaks where it's like about RoboCop. Yeah, it's totally. about the world that they live in. Yeah. And then the commercial just shows you like this capitalist hell hole they live in. Like it it really establishes the world without being too overt. And it, it also adds to the absurd feeling of the movie. It really does. Yeah. So anyway, they they uh eventually uh, start working on it. They they go for you know start looking at some of the major action stars to star in it and um Really, what they were finding was they didn't want someone too big because then the the costume would be even bigger. Yeah, because it's a very like overbuilt like yeah big body kind of costume. So yeah, if yeah. you put this on fucking Schwarzenegger, yeah, he uh, Ed Newmeyer said he'd look like the Michelin Man. Like, yeah, if if you put it on somebody like Schwarzenegger, they're just gonna look like this big bulky thing that like. It no longer looks human. Like, yeah. RoboCop needs to still feel human because we're supposed to connect with him. He's the, I mean, he and his partner are the two characters that have any sort of real humanity for us, which sure. is interesting because one is a cyborg. But uh, they they bring in uh, Peter Weller, and he apparently, like, when he got the role, just started immediately working on, like, how he would move. Doing the robot, doing the yeah. robo. He apparently was like out in the park with a, a, a acting coach who was like a mime coach. Yeah, highly trained in mime. Yeah, yeah, uh, in like football gear and shit. Oh, just really? Walking around the park trying to figure out the motions. And honestly, I'm telling you, if you've seen those Boston Dynamics robots walk and compare it to Peter Weller in the Kinda suit, looks like that. You're right. He. And how did he know that? How did he know that's right. what it's go- like? That is how it would work. That is kind of an underrated thing about his performance in yeah. this is the the physicality yeah. of how well he does the whole robotic thing. Yeah. I, I saw some interviews and stuff where he was talking about like he was trying to mimic the motions even that like birds and stuff make where right. they turn their head like very quickly yes. at a very precise angle and shit like that. His physicality it's amazing is amazing. He does it really a great really job. is. And I should say Dr. Peter Weller, as he, in 2014, got his Ph.D. in Italian Renaissance art. Say what? Yeah. Overachiever. Yeah. That man, he's had an awesome career. He was Buckaroo Banzai Banzai before this. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he was fucking Batman in Dark Knight Returns, the voice (laughs) of, anyway, in the animated adaptation later. Cronenberg's Naked Lunch, which is, uh, if you haven't ever seen seen that movie, you you should watch it. I've heard it's normal. It's very normal. Yeah, pretty yeah, average. Very normal. Okay. No talking buttholes. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, 
but yeah, you, they bring in Peter Weller. He's you know he's really working on the the walking and stuff, etc. They got a pretty decent budget and started working on it and ran through their budget and kind of didn't know where it was going to go after that. And luckily got uh, an increase in the budget from some Japanese investors who liked Peter Weller because really? of Buckaroo Banzai. No shit. Yeah. So that's really cool. Uh, basically, if they hadn't brought Peter Weller on, this movie would maybe be trash and yeah. probably wouldn't have even been made. <laughs> the Japanese investment is interesting, too, because on this uh, making a feature I was watching, they were talking about how much influence they took yeah. from Japanese anime and yeah, stuff yeah. like this, which, of course, you got to think. Like, nowadays, fucking everybody's into anime. Yeah, that's, that's real uh, common now. Yeah, but like, it's really in weird. 87, that... That, that's a big leap for totally. uh, an American big budget like action movie yeah to take hints from yeah the you know then surely unknown and definitely like had to be fucking imported yeah anime stuff and, and mangas and all that uh, for the design of the robots uh, of ed and of robocop yeah. himself they took a lot of influence from that it's funny because like once you know that you look at ed and you're like oh yeah this is absolutely yeah. fucking anime it's inspired really for sure mm -hmm. so maybe that even had a part in it as well yeah and honestly like let's talk about some of the inspirations like uh the 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 look of the robocop was heavily influenced by fritz lang's metropolis which I, as i've said before one of my favorite movies and i need to absolutely watch it. gorgeous somehow i've still never 100 percent. every do. time i see like clips and stuff of it yeah i'm just like what the fuck is this this is yeah. like something i would be obsessed with yeah it's amazing uh the thing is it it is a, a two-hour silent film yeah it's and on, I mean, yeah. It's, hey, it's, man, I watched that Wally. -E. <laughs> Pretty much same thing. It is similar in some ways to Wally, -E. um, but yeah, it's 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 a two-hour silent film, and the the central story is melodramatic and whatnot. But it's gorgeous. Cool. Anyway, but the 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 android in uh, Metropolis, and compare compare that to RoboCop, you'll see some similarities right. for sure. Um, definitely inspirations from westerns. In fact, yeah. I would say this is a western. Right? It's like this fucking lone gunman comes in and cleans up a town, yeah. but there's no real clear good guys. They're just people that are less bad than other people. Exactly. Yeah. That 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 it has every sort of genre convention that you get from a western, but it is a cyberpunk version of a western. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And uh, they, so they took they took uh, inspiration from uh, Fistful of Dollars. Uh, obviously, inspiration. John Wayne was one of the inspirations. Ed Newmeyer said okay, for yeah. um, for RoboCop and specifically so Gunman. Yeah, right. But specifically, John Wayne's characters lived by a code. Yeah. They, they didn't have to be good. John Wayne wasn't necessarily the good guy because everything he did was right and just. He was the good guy because he lived by a code and he stuck to it. I live by a code. It's code beer. Code beer. The by code beer code. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's right. So the Robocop has his like rules that he has to live He does, by. yeah, yeah. And uh hold on, what were those again? We got serve the public trust. Sure, very important. Protect the innocent. Like you do. Uphold the law. I like that. And uh you can't kill anybody who works for OCP. Oh, okay. <laughs> right, right. That seems relevant. Yeah. Um I I think that's like a perfect sort of um because like he he can't express much as RoboCop. Yeah. So like it it's hard to connect to him. 
but if he has a code if he if he has a way that he he lives and you show us doing that like we they they like show him you know being brought to life they show the the directives or whatever scenes. they're amazing we'll, we'll get to that pov stuff but then they immediately show him in a series of threes performing those things that's true yeah he, he goes stops out the liquor store robbery yep, or whatever stops a rape and then stops a hostage situation with the mayor oh yeah yeah where he reverse kool-aid man's a guy oh no <laughs> yeah. pulling through that wall yeah it's um like it's just amazing storytelling where we're set up that he is this particular type of person without any sort of expression true which is in a lot of ways john to, wayne yeah. john wayne was a very sort of I mean, Clint Eastwood does it better, and that's probably who they were going for because they Dirty Harry was an inspiration for sure. Okay, yeah. But Clint Eastwood's expressionless sort of like, but they always tell a story that makes you feel for him. So we know this is a family guy, even if he's expressionless. We know he has these connections. We know he's being used by people who are evil. We know he's also fighting people who are evil. Yeah. So it's easy for us to root for him. Even if he's there's not like a whole lot coming from him other than his robotic walking. Mm -hmm. So, I mean those those are major inspirations. Uh, we also, of course, uh, Blade Runner. Yeah, gotta be man, yeah. gotta be that kind of grimy look at what the future yeah. would be. I love watching, you know, stuff from decades ago and their interpretation of what the future was going to look like. Yeah. I, that's one of the things I, I'm always fascinated mm -hmm. by. Like, that's how you thought that it would be in the year 2000 or yeah. whatever. And with this movie, you know, it's set in Detroit. Right. But whenever they went and location scouted for Detroit, they're like, it's we, definitely grimy and shitty here. Yeah, Detroit they, in the 80s. They said the skyline wasn't right. There's like, mm -hmm. it doesn't have a futuristic skyline at all. Yeah. So they went to fucking Texas. Dallas, Texas in August. Very comfortable filming weather right and those those uh robot costumes weighed anywhere from 15 to 80 pounds and the great thing is is that everybody got along great while they were filming oh yeah paul verhoeven didn't uh basically be a dick to a lot of people guy's intense dude yeah. that guy is fucking intense man yep. And, you know, definitely uh, Rob Botin, Botin. Oh, yeah. Both I, ways. I, okay, yeah. I've, I, I think I said Botin the entire time I on The Howling. I did too. And then Ed Newmeyer, I heard, uh, I was listening to an interview on Harmontown. By the way, go check out Ed Newmeyer on Harmontown if you this. love this movie yeah. because the interview is amazing. It's, it's Dan Harmon and Rob Schraub, two people who have written so many awesome things basically just geeking out over ed newmeyer awesome and how awesome he is so uh well worth it um sounds worth checking out but yeah ed newmeyer uh says botine botine so, so i botine assume since he with him that's probably it well rob botine apparently had quite a lot of conflicts with the director and stuff about yeah. the design of the robocop suit it's one of those things man where i you know there's three sides to every story Mm -hmm. and the making of things that I watched didn't have Rob making any commentary on it at all. Right. And the director was just like, oh, yeah, he was being a real pain in the ass about this suit and changing stuff last minute and blah, 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 and he works in these full-scale clay models. Like, he doesn't yeah. do miniatures. He makes full-scale yeah. fucking statues of what he's trying to make. Yeah. And uh, he made it sound like Rob was dragging his ass and stuff, but then, like, again, when you watch the making of and you see how fucking intense the director is, you're like... Right. I bet he was probably tough to work with anyway. Yeah, and he had to make like, I think it was like five or six suits or something. God damn, dude. I mean, yeah, like that. 
the the burn stunt. That guy's wearing a fucking RoboCop suit. Like, right, yeah. There's a suit for the burn. Jeez, That's dude. That's insane. But they apparently had some major, major conflicts. Rob Bottin said that he'd never work with him again. Yeah. But then apparently, like, at the screening of the movie, whenever they saw it, he was just like, oh, man, this turned out really, really amazing. Yeah. But adding to that is the fact that, as you said, they were shooting in Texas in what month did you say? August. August. Yeah. It was like a three-month shoot. So, and it was just like during like the three hottest fucking months of the year. Well, it's I all the way through October or something like that. Yeah. Three hot months. June and July would have been hotter. Yeah. But, dude, they said that like while they were filming inside of some of these buildings and warehouses and stuff like this, it yeah. would regularly be under the studio lights and shit. Like 120, 130 degrees. And you're wearing at least a 15-pound suit. Dude. Just, just, uh, it is straight up, uh, I got too much shit on me. Just yeah. <laughs> like, this is like Texas Chainsaw Massacre filming <laughs> conditions. Like, I mean, I know we're saying this isn't really a horror movie, but you're like, this sounds a lot like how they filmed Texas Chainsaw. Right. And the actual yeah. misery and tension that those people were going through comes out on screen and stuff too, man. Poor Peter Weller. Yeah. Holy shit, dude. At a, I mean, okay, so basically they had shot all the stuff with him out of the suit. Which before, is to say not much anything. Right, but but they shot all that before Botine had finished the the suits. So Peter Weller had done all that like training with the mime uh, teacher, coach, whatever, um, and he had come up with his walk and stuff and the moment that he put on the suit, it was clear that wasn't going to work. And it was like the suit was delivered where it's like, we have to start shooting today. Here's the suit. We're seeing it for the first time. Put it on. Let's go. We got to yeah. fucking film right now. And uh, yeah, so Peter Weller quit. He was like, no, like I'm, I'm not Whoa. doing this. Just I'm, I'm gone. And they, they were going to bring in Lance Henriksen, but uh, they eventually convinced him like, hey, look, you know, we'll give you time to figure out how to walk in the suit and whatnot. Although we'll say... Lance Henriksen could have fucking done this up. Oh, absolutely. I He's mean, awesome. listen, like, Lance Henriksen could have ended up the biggest action star ever because he could have been Terminator and he could have been Robocop. Right? Yeah. Holy shit, man. Like, if he had done both of those, that would have been, he would have been the biggest action star ever. No kidding. And yeah. been in fucking aliens and all kinds of other yeah, shit, too, man. Yeah. He could have been the queen alien. And yeah, that definitely to bring Lance Henriksen in for Peter Weller, the, the difference is in the chin. Yeah. But. I guarantee Lance Henriksen could have done a great job. I think so, too. I think Peter Weller probably did the perfect job. It's hard to beat, man. <laughs> yeah. That voice, all, that, like, super fucking patriotic voice that he has. Yeah. Like, he's got this, like, very <laughs> idyllic, like, this is an upholding, uh, man upholding the law kind of voice to him. Almost, again, very cowboy-like in a way. Yes. Yeah. He, he does come off very much like a cowboy. Uh, the voice works so well with the idea that he's a cyborg. Like he he's able to keep his inflection pretty, yeah. like low key and stuff. But he does still have some emotion in the moments when he's supposed to kind of have him. Like he puts something on it that is an emotion, but indicates that basically the cyborg is having trouble comprehending. Yeah, he does a good job of conveying that. Yeah, definitely. That's a good yeah. way to look at it, man. Yeah, the filming of this was apparently absolute misery. One of the guys yeah, that worked on the movie uh, in that making of that I watched, which you can find on YouTube, it's like fucking 30 minutes long. It's really, really good. Right. 
Um, he said working on RoboCop was akin to being the victim of a violent crime. Oh. He said you just try to put it behind you. Wow. Like, that's like, holy fuck. This was bad. Wow. Yeah. So apparently everybody working on this thing was absolutely miserable and just <laughs> fighting all the time. Tensions were super high. Well, I mean, that I mean that 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 can explain maybe the the sort of like tense grime feeling to it where yeah. everybody feels like shit. Everybody's angry. Everybody's at each hostile. Other. Everybody's man. just hostile. Yeah. yeah. So it makes sense, man. Now Peter Weller, I knew that he was in this movie. Yeah. I didn't know goddamn Red from the seventies show was <laughs> in here. Smith. Holy fucking shit yeah what a great villain he it's is it's mind-blowing how like, good he is if you told me red is the villain in it i'd be like there's no way this guy's a good bad guy right. there's no way yeah because he's, he's fucking awesome yeah he I, it's he doesn't look instantly intimidating no but he makes himself intimidating he's like Extremely. evil george costanza yeah Exactly. So, like that—that's perfect for if somebody's listening and hasn't watched it for some reason. That is a perfect description, like minus any humor element. Oh yeah. Like, and, and honestly, George Costanza—if you take the laugh track out—he's kind of just a it's horrendous just individual. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's fucking dark, man. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's kind of it. Like you immediately on seeing him, he is just uh, a guy with a receding hairline, just a normal-looking dude. But the, I mean. He's if got you've this seen intensity him, about yeah, him, yeah. If you've seen him as Red Foreman, you know he can be intimidating. Yeah, but hard in ass. this, he just goes so hard at it. It yeah. is like I remember as a kid just really being scared by him because he he does he's unpredictable kind of like when he dips his fingers in that guy's wine <laughs> the and fuck stuff. Is that and, like, about man? He's so unpredictable and odd, but also like really cold and calculated. See, that's the thing is like, he's unpredictable and like crazy, but not in like a, I'm the Joker. Ha 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 ha. Or like, I'm a crackhead and I'm crazy. Like nope. it's nothing really like that. It's like, he's clearly a very intelligent, very on top yeah. of it guy who's just fucking sadistic and out to yeah. get whatever he wants. Yeah. And he's cold as fucking ice. And that's the thing about, like, dude, him and his whole gang, like, Emil and yeah. the the dude that has the really Leon. high laugh and shit, oh, uh, Nash and yeah. all those guys, man. Like, the thing about him is that makes him so scary is they absolutely take joy in what they're doing. Yeah. They're not the criminals that are, like, scumbag, scuzzy guys. Like, they're laughing the whole time. Yeah, they enjoy this. As they fucking annihilate Murphy this is something very fun to them. They hate cops, and they would like to kill cops. They see zero problems with it. They're going to get away yeah. with it. They don't give a shit. Yep. Dude, that scene where they kill him. It's brutal. Holy <laughs> So many shit. squibs. This movie has so many squibs. Dude, I was not prepared. And yeah. see, the thing about it is, is like, as far as like the violence and shit goes, mm -hmm. you know, I had heard that the scene where they killed Murphy was really brutal. Yeah. What I didn't know is that like 10 minutes before that is the scene where they have the boardroom meeting and they introduce the Ed robot. Yeah. And that dude gets fucking liquefied. 200 squibs. What? And listen to this. They had to redo it. No. Yeah. So they did 200 squibs, looked at the footage, said, no, nah, this won't work. Had to go back, bring that guy in again. 200 squibs. He said that a squib is like taking a punch. I was going to say, didn't so that it's feel like, like getting, getting fucking assaulted? 200 times. Yeah. 
What? So again, you can see why people maybe didn't have fun on this. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put it that way, yeah. after this guy received, you know, four hundred fucking punches and kicks all over his entire yeah. body yeah. to film that scene, uh yeah, you know what? I kinda get it. But I bet now I'll I'll tell you right now, I'd take four hundred punches for thirty years from now to look at that scene and still be like that, that is me. so Was good sick, look how good that looks dude but the thing is is like that scene is so shocking not only for just how fucking brutal it is yeah but then the the wave of cynicism that follows it yeah we're like <laughs> like they're like call paramedic and it's like this guy is laying here fucking sawed in half and then also too nobody's even accept that what whatever fucking johnson from accounting is now just a puddle of blood they're yeah. just like well, damn, the ad robot didn't work. Yeah, and, and uh, the old man says to Dick, Dick, I'm very disappointed. Dude. Not even like, he doesn't even like raise his voice. Nope. He does, like, it is so, like. He's bummed this, about the project. Yeah, the boardroom is so fucking cynical. It oh is amazingly displayed. It shows you everything you need to know about this world that early into the movie. And then, yeah, we, the, the murder of Murphy. It, like they blow his hand off and it looks so good Ooh, and then blow his whole fucking his arm, arm off, off dude yes and that and scene then just shoot him like yeah 20 30 40 times like and, and that scene where it like shows his torso and he's like just kind of like writhing back in pain and being shot that's animatronic yeah like it's one of the most convincing fucking animatronics yeah. i've ever seen it looks really good it looks really good yeah. man but then also too like in that boardroom scene after the Ed robot fucking malfunctions and kills this guy who is a part of the team and nobody really gives a shit. Yeah. Then you've immediately got, um, is his name Morton? That immediately swoops in and is like, now's my time to shine with my RoboCop program. <laughs> like, he doesn't give a shit. Like, yeah. every Bob person. Is so opportunistic. Yeah, yeah. Every person that fucking dies is just uh. an opportunity for another guy to climb up the corporate ladder. Yeah. And that's the thing about this movie is like, yes, there's this sort of A story about. Yeah this cop that dies and is resurrected as this robot guy. Meanwhile, there's all this other stuff surrounding it about the cynicism and greed and cutthroat nature. Yeah. Unbridled fucking capitalism of the eighties under well, the Reagan era. And they, they do a great parallel to show that uh, there are no heroes here. Yeah. When we've had the boardroom scene, then we meet Murphy then we have the chase scene, and we see Kurtwood Smith. Uh, what the fuck is his character's name? Uh, Clarence. Yeah. Uh, we see Clarence. He one of his guys gets shot, and he's like, "Can you fly, Billy?" And then they <laughs> just throw him out the fucking car yeah. at the police. Nobody Same, cares. Parallel. There's a, the corporates don't give a fuck about the people next to him, and the criminals don't give a fuck about the people. They're next one and the him. same. They're one and the same. Yeah. They're just which, profiting, man. Right after they escape this, they um. The Emil says, "Ain't no better way to steal money than free enterprise." Like that's that's we, it, dude. Yeah, we've established no good guys. The corporate structure, the 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 criminals, and the the cops are just the lackeys of this corporation. They don't do anything except go and fight crime that is being funded by the corporation itself. Yep, and they're doing it all. To a point, like they're trying to take over this city by oh. creating a false crime wave. You know what? It's kind of like they're working for the company store, kind of uh, like all these corporate towns in America used to have to do yeah, all the time. Yeah, and that, that is exactly what they're aiming for, is create a, turn Detroit into a corporate city. 
Yeah. Where they they control everything, they control the police force, they control the government, they make the decisions. And to do this, they're bringing in all these workers to live in trailers that they're then going to flood with drugs and gambling to keep them addicted and keep them spending their money so they have to keep working to build up this city that the company wants to build. There's no way that this is based on anything that's ever happened. Ever! <laughs> Not in America! And then, of course, the city would be its own internal economy where everything is run by the corporation, everyone works for the corporation, and all the money goes back to the corporation. You're tell- That's as crazy as telling me that the fucking... Uh, CIA flooded the streets with crack cocaine or that something is, like that. Yeah, it it is. It's cra- they are crazy. equally that crazy because they're both true. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, corporate towns used to exist, and you know, if you research corporate towns, you won't see a whole lot past the early twentieth century until you get to the very year we are in now, Sick, dude. where Elon Musk has announced he's going to build a corporate town, and the um, governor of Nevada basically announced that. If you work in tech, you can come to Nevada and build a corporate town. Hey, man, I'll tell you what. I'll start listening to you when you go to space. Do something <laughs> fucking cool. Oh, fucking shit. <laughs> they, they didn't go. You know what? Bezos, you didn't go to space. <laughs> I, I don't know why we all gave him that. No, yeah. you didn't. You went 60 miles above the fucking earth. Get to space, bitch. <laughs> then we'll talk. Then we'll talk. If, okay. The moment you can turn around and see the entirety of the Earth, you are now able to tell now me you went you're to space. In space. And guess what? I don't want you to do that. Just, <laughs> just die here now, please. <laughs> put your money towards something good. Uh, he won't. No, uh, he's got to put money towards <laughs> space factories, dude. Space factories. Yeah. This, uh, by the way, like Knoxville is, has gotten an Amazon like yeah. warehouse, warehouse now, and that they, it frightens me to know in what it. Amazon will become here because Walmart did that in this region. Oh yeah, and drove out. All mom and all pops. competitors, every yeah. single thing. Now Amazon will move in here. It, what the fuck? Will it's it interesting be? because, like, with our generation, you know, when it comes to certain things like restaurants and bars and stuff like that, yeah, people our age and younger would much rather go to something that is regional and local to the yeah, town. Absolutely. Like all of us are eating at fucking local places and not going to damn Applebee's and O'Charlies right. and shit like that. You know, um, but then at the same time. We did also stay in for an entire year and buy everything on Amazon. Well, I mean, it's a weird kind of it's a weird kind of thing, you know. It's like that has become such a part of our lives. I think I I don't know. I mean, I think a lot of us are knowledgeable enough. Like I, everything that I bought during the pandemic, I would go to the website of the actual thing. Like I I bought my shoes from Adidas.com. Like I didn't go to to Amazon. But then there are those things where it's like, you're only going to get it through Amazon. Yeah, totally. And that's exactly the fear for yeah. me is like, especially with, you know, uh, they're, they're in Knox County and our county mayor is a libertarian. So many people around here are libertarians, which means they'll just roll over on their backs if Amazon says to. Sure. And yeah, I, I it's scary. It's and a scary. Th- this, yeah, and th- this is just this wonderful like, vision into what that would be like if with this advanced technology 
we went back to the time of, of company towns and stuff through this obvious like window of Reaganomics, how would that that turn out and sure. what would that look like? And I think this is a pretty good vision, except it it accepts the idea of like overt criminality. Like like the world that that's part of the humor, that's part of the absurdity, but like I don't think in reality uh, without the presence of police, like if police were on strike, everybody would just be out in the streets robbing stores. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a narrative that a propaganda narrative that's often pushed, but the likelihood is everybody would be like, "Oh, the police are on strike." Okay. All right. Like, okay. <laughs> I guess when I'm speeding, like I always do, I won't be worried. I get a ticket. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Man. Yeah. But yeah, this whole vision in this movie of like. This corporation, this OCP, owns the police force and is arming them and militarizing them and all this kind mm-hmm. of shit. It's really not unrealistic whatsoever. Yeah. You know? It's one of those things that is just like, if one day in our lifetimes you have the fucking local Amazon cops... Yep. Wouldn't be fucking surprised. Oh, yeah. That's... I mean, we have a, we have a corporate entity that we hire for war... I don't yeah. know what they're called anymore, but it was Blackwater at one point. Oh yeah, they made a little bit of money, I believe. A whole lot of money, in fact. Uh, Betsy isn't Betsy Davos uh, related eh, fuck to her, that man. guy, and didn't they make all their money off a pyramid scheme and somehow end up in the Secretary of Education office? What the fuck is this world What's we live? In? What's happening? Are we here? a RoboCop? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, are we a RoboCop? That's a question worth anyway, asking for sure. Yeah. So back to RoboCop. Uh, I wanted to talk about those POV scenes. Like, yeah, you know, dude. after his death. I love it. I it love just, it. We get them, like, pushing him on the gurney, and they're, like, medical jargon. By the way, I, I haven't watched it with Emily, but it felt like a really authentic medical scene because a lot of times in movies you'll see authentic or, or see medical scenes where, like, the person dies and a nurse will be like, ah, oh, damn it, or something. Yeah, or whatever. Totally. It's like, actually, it's pretty it happens yeah yeah that guy's like he's like all right let's do the paddles one more time then it'll quit yep it's just like this is the job yeah but the way it moves to his pov dude when it like boots up and it's like static and then the grid and shit what and like they don't know that he can see them and hear them they're like testing his screen like adjusting the dials and shit so fucking cool that's a moment in this movie where i was like this movie is so much more than I thought yeah. that it was going to be, man. Because it really can just be, and I mean, like, you can watch RoboCop 3 to see this. It can just be about a robot, RoboCop. Yeah. Like, I mean, two and two and three have their qualities. Okay. But right. they don't even tickle what this movie is. Not like, even close. Huh? Yeah. Like... That that is much more what you would imagine from the title RoboCop, whereas this is this is an insightful film. Yeah, I think so for sure. So when we move to his POV, they you know we get all those different like him coming in and out of like them basically turning him on and turning him off. Uh, they finally like have him stand up, and you know we got Bob Morton talking to him like, "Come on, pal," or whatever he's saying. Uh, and the first glance we get of RoboCop is actually a computer monitor to his left when he's standing, like, walking through the, the crowd of people. Mm-hmm. And it, it never registered to me until this most recent time I watched it. That Like, that's the first bit we get of, like, what is happening. Because, like, 
you've seen RoboCop because you saw the toys. You've seen RoboCop because you know Video there was games, a cartoon yeah. that came out when we were kids. Yeah, of RoboCop ads in the comics and yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, but if you were sitting in the audience in 1987 watching this film, that's the first kind of glimpse you get. Like if if you hadn't seen a poster, if you hadn't any, like. There's no way that happened because Orion advertised the shit out of this. But if you were in one of the test audiences, that had to be so fucking cool. No kidding. To right? just catch that glimpse and be like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. What is walking out here? Like, what have they done? What have they made? It, it's like, it's also a Frankenstein moment, right? I was going to say, like, this is very much like a, a fucking Frankenstein yeah. cowboy movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I love all that Thank stuff, Thank you, too. Mary Shelley. Yeah. Again, for creating all this no for kidding. us. No <laughs> kidding. I love during those POV scenes and stuff where he's kind of coming in and out there where they're like, good news, we managed to save his arm. The guy was like, I thought we were going to get rid yeah. of that. We want to really try the technology out. Like, yeah. This guy's life, this guy's existence. They just own him, yeah. They own him, and they say it. They're just like, yeah. well, we, we own him. He's dead to rights. You know, yeah. It's like because this is the job he signed up for, we now own this guy. He's not even a person anymore. He died yeah. on the job. And they're yeah. like, whatever, fucking cut his other arm off. We want to see if our technology works. It's like... This guy that died, this human being that died, is just now their little science project slash tech venture yeah. that's going to make this corporation a ton of fucking money. Yep. That, um, Bob Morton says later, whenever, like, um, um, what was uh, his partner's name? Ann, Al, Al, Ann Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> whenever she stops him in the hall and she's like, you're Murphy or whatever. Yeah. And they, like, take her aside. And, and it's a perfect sort of, like, demonstration of how how impotent the cops are to this corporate power that this corporate officer is just yelling at this cop and says, he doesn't have a name. He's got a program. He's product. Yeah. Product like, dude. That's he's, it. he's not a, he's nothing. They, they used to them. They used corpse parts. They made a Frankenstein, but he's nothing. They've denied him his name. Again, go back and listen to her Mary Shelley's Frankenstein because this is Frankenstein. Yeah, in a lot of ways. And the thing about it is, too, is like it seems like from the way they were talking that he was a plant the entire time. Like they were really right. trying to get a cop yes. killed on purpose. Yes, Bob Morton says that whenever the um, uh, Ed 209 kills the, the guy in the corporate office, he says uh, we've placed uh, uh, – Promising candidates in risky uh, precincts or Promising whatever. Promising candidates, meaning people that are probably going to get fucking smoked. But are good uh, at obeying orders, basically. Like yeah. Basically, the, the people that want dark, to be man. this type of cop. Yeah. The TJ Laser type of cop. Because, again, he wants to be a good cop, but his idea of a good cop is a television movie cop that is not actually a good cop. Spinning that pistol on your finger. Exactly. This cop that shoots first but lives by a code or whatever. Like, just very specifically uh, a, a type of cop that doesn't exist but that so many cops want to be. Totally. And yeah. this guy wants to impress his son and all that kind of shit, too. Yeah. It's dark, man. It is. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they, they've put him in this precinct, moved him from a nice precinct, they said, yeah. to hell is what they call it. So... He's he's being put in a position to be killed. They hope he dies so that they can try out this technology. It's it's just so the the underpinnings of all of it are so dark and cynical, and the movie is funny and absurd. 
It is. Like, how do you get that tone? Like, this this movie, I don't... I can't think of many movies that have this tone. I was going to say, yeah, like, honestly, the tone of this being this very serious, very gritty, grimy thing. Yeah. But also having this super bleak sort of humor to yeah. it is a tone that I can't really pin down on much else. Total Recall has a little bit of that. Yeah, it's, it's a very like, hoven. Yeah. I think sillier. Yeah, it is sillier. But it's Arnold. I mean, I mean also, you can look at Starship Troopers. Yeah, very Written much. by Ed Neumeyer and directed by Paul Verhoeven. Well, there you go. Yeah. Fucking dream I think team, man. Basically, if you put them together is the only way to get that tone, probably. So, the choice of him as the director, yeah. I think, is one of the real linchpins that holds this movie together because he's not an American. Yes. I think that outside perspective... Mm-hmm. Of America and our gun obsession and our cop obsession and our law obsession and our Jesus obsession. Yeah. I think having that outsider perspective on that, just like Starship Troopers, Mm -hmm. really makes this thing work. And, you know, again, in that that making up thing that I was watching, he talks a bunch about how this movie is him making the story of American Jesus. Right. Like, he explicitly says, like, I want to make the Jesus movie. Yeah. I want to show the American Jesus is a cop. And he dies, and he's resurrected, and he comes back, and he is the Jesus that uses his gun. Right. He even fucking walks on water he does. towards the there end of the, the movie. End. Yeah, he he saves his partner, walk basically walking on water. He's yeah. walking through water, but it yes, that that is very clearly what they're going for. Oh yeah, they have like, I mean, when he's getting shot, he's in the Christ pose sure. basically. So yeah. yeah, it's it's all it it's all like. This interesting lens of Ed Newmeyer's like anti uh, corporate, anti Reaganomics, um, but also absurdist, surreal sort of humor bits shown through this Verhoeven lens of loving violence and really want to. I love some violence. Yeah, really just wanting to display the violence. And Orion wanting an exploitation picture in some ways, but also footing the bill for all these other things that end up looking really great now, like, you know, Ed 209 and, and the suit and whatnot, that could have just looked silly for an exploitation film. Like, if you're going for an exploitation film, you could have made those things just look silly and not care. Yeah. But instead, no. They they went all out. They got the best. They 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 did the best possible practical effects they could for a movie that, Again, didn't have to be this good. He's called RoboCop. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't Robo have to Cop. be as good as it is. So you're saying that this movie has one of the most extensive fucking Wikipedia pages it, of like anything. Like yeah. This is a movie, and again, this is like a subculture. This is totally new to me because yeah. I just walked into this movie at right. fucking age 37. <laughs> yeah. This is a movie that people are fucking obsessed with, huh? Yeah, yeah. Dan Harmon says it's like a perfect movie. I I, I agree. It is, it is a perfect movie. It. It just has everything that it does, it does in an excellent way. Sure. There's nothing in this where you're like, yeah, but the acting sucked, or oh, the effects sucked, or whatever. It's just like, yeah, everything's pretty fucking exceptional, man. And it it has a real strong point of view that it tells in subtle and unsubtle ways. So it's real popular in academic circles. Really? Yeah. 
super popular, huh. gets a lot of sort of critical analyses and things. I'm all trying the time. to remember if this is one that Rob Ager has done on his like College of Learning YouTube channel. I, I want to say that he's done some stuff on this, and that guy just does some brainy ass shit. Yeah. So makes sense. So it's super popular with like people who writing about transhumanism, writing about cyberpunk literature and and, and film and yeah. stuff. And it's also just uh, you know. And its philosophical question at the center of it, uh, it is basically at the end when he says uh, his name is Murphy, is he? Right. Is he Murphy? Yeah. Or is he embracing a, a fleeting bit of Murphy that's there, but he's still a cyber? Because he got shot in the head. Like, even if he were to come back to life... His half of his brain is exploded. Yeah, some shit's gone for right. sure. You can't like, build that shit back. Yeah, so like, is he Mur like? Can he ever be Murphy, or is he this just representation? This these parts of Murphy. It's like it again goes back to Frankenstein. Like you know what what what? Who am who I? Am, am I these parts? Am I the am, am I the brain? Am I the parts of the people? Like, yeah, it's like rebuilding a ship one board right. at a time. Is it still the same ship right. at the end of the exactly. day? Exactly. So that's that's kind of why, like, you know, he he does his like proving that he's a good guy, etc. And they have like the interview with him where he's like, "Be good" or whatever. <laughs> just says yeah. some like innocuous <laughs> line, and then it cuts to like him you know, uh, just in sleep mode and he starts to have a memory of his murder. And so like, the thing is that Murphy, when he was dying, wasn't thinking about vengeance when he was dying. He was thinking about his wife and his child. Yeah. When he comes back, he's thinking about vengeance. Hmm. He looks himself up and then goes to his old address. And then he starts to have the memories of, like some flashes of memories of his family. So like my question is like, if it's Murphy, is he led by vengeance or is he led by the love of his family? Like what is bringing him back to being Murphy? Well, is how much it, of it is programming too. and how much of it is programming because he still can't kill Dick Jones. He can't overcome his programming at the end to kill Dick Jones. Which makes me think when he says his name is Murphy, he is some hybrid. He is not Murphy. He is he is RoboCop. Like yeah. he he's not Murphy anymore because he still couldn't overcome his programming to kill the person that he wanted to get vengeance against. He couldn't do it even with Kurtwood Smith when Kurtwood Smith reminded him he was a cop. Like he had to stop. He couldn't kill him because there was no threat. He had to arrest him. Yeah. So he he never overcomes his programming. He remains RoboCop to me. Like. The central question at the end is like, what is he? Who is he? Is he is is he Murphy? Is he Robo? Like, is it some amalgamation, or is his memory of Murphy just tainting his programming and actually making him a less effective cyborg? <laughs> like, hmm. it, it the questions at the center of it have really been fascinating to people who study transhumanism, which is something I do not fully comprehend and won't even try to begin to get into except that basically those are some of the questions at the center of it is when when do you when do you shift like yeah yeah what, yeah like how how much of you can be replaced how much what is human like you know what at the center of it what is human like even if he 
what if he had survived with half of that brain? Would he still be Murphy? Right, yeah. This is stuff that, like, Ex Machina and shit really yes, deep, exactly. deep dives into as well, yeah. which I, I think is fucking fascinating. And there's, yeah. these are questions that are going to become more and more and more relevant as technology advances. And, yeah. I mean, technology is so much more merged with humanity now yes. than it was when I was born. Yeah. And it's only going to continue on an exponential curve. I mean, the possibility of uploading your consciousness probably won't be too outside of the realm of possibility no. when we're 70 i know and that's fucking if, crazy if humanity survives <laughs> like if yeah, we really. make it through you know the water wars and the climate change and all that stuff i don't know water wars sound pretty fun do i get <laughs> well, a super sucker xp 100 uh, actually you'll you won't have the water that'll be the war part oh you want the water for your super sucker for the super sucker obviously yeah. mm-hmm. okay uh anyway uh yeah like the idea of uploading your consciousness is something that I remember I was talking to my, my friend Vicente about it, and he was like, man, that would be so cool, you know, like some something of you can survive for longer, and basically it's like you're experiencing it, though, you know, you wouldn't. Like, Maybe you're you, in it right you now, wouldn't. man. Whoa. What? Possible. Anyway, the idea of that, like, I... I just pointed out to him and I'll maybe point out to anybody out there who's fantasizing about it. I guarantee you, whoever develops the technology for that will have you sign a contract regarding your consciousness and your consciousness will be used for menial labor. I mean, and can no you way. imagine yourself being used in that way? Do I get to make sick riffs for all time? That's the experience they'll have. Because sick I mean, riffs are fucking sick, I imagine sick, man. they'll have you play Margaritaville over and over. I'd like that less. <laughs> I'd like that less. If I could live on and the AI is like, could you create sick riffs for eternity? I'd be like, fuck yeah, bring yeah. it. Get your pull. Get your pull. Yeah, you got a co-beer? I, I, I think, though, like at the center of it, like when we think about our consciousness and think about like what... Like, how it could survive beyond death. Like I think even at the end here, what we got with Murphy is is not Murphy. Yeah. It is, it is a reflection of Murphy. It can maybe think and, and feel like Murphy did, but the Murphy that got shot in the head is not having these experiences. Mm-hmm. That Murphy's dead. These are things that I, I would love to watch this movie again. To really get on the rewatch and try to yeah. pick up on some of those like small details and some oh, of the, yeah. the subtle exposition and stuff that's going on through this movie. Yeah, and it's one of those that's not a hard rewatch. No. Like, anytime you want to re like if somebody says, let's throw on Robocop, hell yeah, I'd love to. Dude, part of the reason why I enjoyed this so much, even though there's a lot of the messaging and stuff that is that is quite different. Part of the reason why I like this so much is because there is a vibe about this that reminds me so much of fucking Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns graphic yeah, novel. Which came out uh, the year, year before, before this, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the script for this was already done and whatnot. Though Frank Miller was brought on for part two and three, that was uh, related and unrelated. Basically, uh, Ed Neumeyer liked that, but that I think is just great minds thinking alike in the same realm of uh, existence about you know what the future could hold and what the world is looking like and Reaganomics oh, yeah. etc now Frank Miller's a libertarian so he was 
had a different outlook, I sure. would guess. <laughs> but but the similarities are there. Dude, it's like the grimy, yep. you know, eighties future cityscapes, right. the crime going on and stuff, the the way that Superman is a wing of the fucking US government right. under Reagan in this bizarre future yeah. where Reagan is still somehow president and shit. Like there's just so much connective tissue between the two for me. And I love I love Dark Knight Rises yeah. so much. I think it's such a fucking cool story, man, that this movie pulled me in because I was like, man, it's like a live action version of this in a lot of ways. Yeah. Really, really fucking cool, man. Yeah. I, and I mean, it is interesting that that would have been the influence I would assume for Ed Newmeyer to, because they wanted Ed Newmeyer, uh, and, and, um, fuck his, his writing partner, uh, Michael Miner. They wanted them to write the sequel. And they started working on the sequel. And then there was a Writers Guild strike in 88. And so, basically, they asked him, like, hey, who do you think should come on and and do it? And he he mentioned Frank Miller as a possibility. I get it. And they brought in Frank Miller and um, then didn't really... They kind of butchered his script, I guess, and he was upset about that. Then they brought him off for the third one and, again, didn't really do justice to his script. And that was kind of one of the reasons why Frank Miller didn't like Hollywood for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Are the second thirds any good? Should I watch them? I, okay. Uh, one, the second one is a, a good action movie. It okay. has none of this going on, but it's got some cool stuff, man. More I like probably what I was expecting out of this. Yes. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the third one is less good, but the castism, like, I, I had never watched the third one and I only heard negative things about it. But then when they were showing the cast, it was like Steven Root and uh, Rip Torn. What? And uh, was like Dodgeball. All these actors that like I knew from stuff and they did a good job. Hmm. It was just not it's not a well-written movie, but some of the effects are cool. It's bad, though. It's not a good movie. Okay. <laughs> but two is worth a watch, I think. Okay, mm. we'll have to check it out sometime. And I saw there's also like a bunch of, I think animated ones, and of course yeah, there there's was an animated that- series and a live action TV series. Oh, yeah, and the one that was a remake that came out in like 2014. Right, yeah, and I don't the, know a single person who I, watched that. I've never watched it. I I just don't have the interest. But there is in the works RoboCop Returns, written by Ed Newmeyer, at first attached to direct was Neil Blomkamp of District what? 9 and Chappie, who... Uh, you would kind of get it. It would be amazing if he, he had done it, but then he left the project. So oh, I shit. Don't, I don't know who they got coming on, but I, I really was excited when I heard about that news and now don't know who's coming on. So it could be good. It'd be interesting if there was a movie where this, you know, like, let's just pretend that this really was in 1987. Yeah. And that RoboCop that we saw in the movie we're talking about today uh-huh. got you know put on fucking cold storage or whatever then he was thawed out in 2022 okay and he's like nothing has changed i think that was kind of the idea that one or it was something like that uh the sequel that they were writing was called robocop corporate wars and it was in wow. uh, even further future when like basically corporations had taken over cities and were now fighting each other or whatever um but uh Robo RoboCop Returns is going to be a sequel to the first movie. 
So nice. kind of the Halloween idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it, maybe that we will get that corporate wars and maybe we will get that idea of like him waking up in a, a cold future. There was also the Robocop uh, Dark Horse comics, which were pretty popular. And then they did a crossover Robocop versus Terminator. And I kind of want that movie to exist. Uh, okay, I'm in. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So Robocop was all over the place there for a little bit. Huge, yeah. It it just like it really does seem to me like this could have been a much bigger franchise right. and Orion probably pushed too fast and could have waited out the Writers Guild strike and brought back Ed Newmeyer, Michael Miner. Maybe you can't get Verhoeven because he's off working on Total Recall, but you can get somebody else in that maybe can do the job. I mean, honestly, uh I can't remember who directed part two, but it looks good. Okay. Yeah. But That's one thing that shot me about this movie. It looks fucking awesome. Oh, it looks amazing. The yeah. cinematography and stuff, and just the way that the flick looks and the camera angles and stuff they choose. Man, that scene after like the uh, after he blows up that like gas station, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, I think man. it's with with Amel, yeah. if I'm not uh-huh. mistaken. He's kind of like grappling, and he's like in the foreground, all yeah, the yeah. fires in the background and stuff. Yeah. The lighting and shit is just beautiful. It's man. great. Yeah. Really, really well shot. And, of course, you have to have that great cinematography and killer oh, lighting to pull off these fucking special effects, dude. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude, there's so many things in this that I'm watching. You know, I'm watching this movie that came out when I was fucking three years old. Yeah. And I'm watching this, and I'm sitting here as, like, a 37-year-old in 2021 being like, I don't know how they did this. Yeah. I don't know how they did this. I, uh, I mean... Specifically, like, the way his face looks with the mask off. With the mask off. I don't know how they did it. It's crazy. It is just seamless. It looks like his skin. It's bizarre. And, like, initially, whenever it got to that part where, you know, he like he's unscrewing his helmet and he's like, you might not like what you see here or whatever. He takes the helmet off and he's got, yeah, this stretched face and the gears and fucking hoses and pipes in the back of his head. At first, I was like, what the fuck? And then I was like, it must be animatronic, because they're just showing kind of like from the neck up. Yeah. And then it's like, no, that's just him walking around in costume and stuff. That's actually him. That is him. And it's mind-blowing. And I guess, honestly, the real virtue here, and and Kate was pointing this out, it's like, because the RoboCop suit is so big and oversized. Peter Weller's not that big. No, no. So his face... His face is resting comfortably here, and everything else is it just built, built out. out. Yeah. yeah. They were able to build the face out, Yeah, and then the head just kind of looks proportional. I yeah. bet if you saw him with just his regular head, it'd probably look like, like he had a little you know peanut head or something right. like that. Uh, but the suit is so overbuilt that they said that even the scenes where he's like in the car and shit, mm-hmm. he was only wearing like the top part of the costume because he couldn't even fit into right. a car with the legs on. So he's poo bearing it during those <laughs> scenes. All right. Fucking he's Robo got those kissy lips. All right. He does, he's right? He's got some kissy lips. Making it work, yeah. man. <laughs> but yeah, those scenes are just unbelievable. And I think yeah. it helps too, and this is like a little detail, but the fact that for whatever reason they decided that he shouldn't have eyebrows, yeah. it dehumanizes him yep. right away. It does a good so job there. It's like it psychologically makes you like kind of I mean, it's like what you see whenever people don't have eyebrows. It's right. just disarming in a way. It is. Yeah. And I think that kind of makes us uh it makes it easier for us to comprehend the fact that his face is stretched over this metallic fucking yeah. robo Because it doesn't, it doesn't look monstrous. No. It looks human. Yeah, it looks like it's keeping him alive. Right. Like, this is a human who 
is being kept alive by all this robotic yeah. stuff that he's attached to. Fucking unbelievable, dude. Yeah. But man, even the scenes with like all the stop motion shit with Ed are uh-huh. crazy convincing. I they look love, great. I love the look of Ed 209. Like awesome. everything about it screams like late 80s, but also like it's I just want robots like that to exist. I mean, I don't. No. Uh, but <laughs> not with the guns and stuff. I kind of I like kinda to do. have a pal yeah, it'd be <laughs> like cool. that. Yes. Yeah. That would be awesome. He just he it like I don't know what it is, but it without any expression it like still conveys emotion like when it when it's like testing the stairs oh yeah it's like can it, i can't i oh. it's so cute yeah it's like what it's what? like watching a cow try to go down yes. stairs or something like that man <laughs> yeah and it does have this like baby huey kind of presence about yeah. it where it's like it is this oversized brutal killing machine but yeah. it's also kind of dumb and animal-like at the yeah. same time which is exactly the kind of thing they would fucking unleash on the general public Absolutely. anyway 100 percent. yeah it 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 seems exact like the more we militarize the police and the more insane stuff we see like that robot dog they got etc it's just like oh shit ed 209 is not far off huh? no 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 and he won't be cute and this is such a predecessor to like drone warfare and shit like yep. that. It's like you don't even have to put a, a person in harm's way. Just send a robot out to kill the yep. bad guys. It's like this is totally seeing into the future, yep. man. There's scenes too where they did, you know, the Ed 209 stuff. Like a lot of them are stop motion, but the thing is, is it's not like like in Star Wars, for example, where they shot a miniature and then just you know pasted it onto the film. So you have this weird like you know block around it. Uh huh. They did these crazy rear projection things where they were essentially showing the pre-shot boardroom scenes uh-huh. of the movie on a screen that was to scale with the small model animatronic, well, not animatronic, stop motion figurine that they had made of Ed. Uh-huh. And they would animate it one frame at a time with the movie playing one frame at a time behind them uh-huh. and shoot it that way. Like It's like insane how they did that shit. It looks great. I'll tell you what, though, that stop-motion fucking dinosaur in that car commercial, <laughs> that looks great. The 6,000 SUX. The 6,000 sucks. 8.2 miles per gallon. <laughs> yeah. The commercials in this are some of the best fucking parts of the movie, dude. Uh, by the way, speaking of the 6,000 SUX, because the first time it's mentioned is in the the uh, scene where the former mayor is oh, holding yeah, yeah. the new mayor Got hostage. All demands. He says a line that I think will resonate with people today. He says, I want to recount. And no matter how it turns out, I want my old job back. Who would say that? <laughs> I just don't know I don't why that know, sounds familiar. I don't know, but in 1987, the, the fake... Uh, policeman was comfortable labeling that guy as a terrorist, so I don't know what happened. I don't know. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the the commercials and stuff, uh, that's another way this really reminds me of Dark Knight and stuff as well. Yeah. Is the way that a lot of the exposition is done with the news and with commercials and shit like that. So fucking cool. And also, too, there's like all this conflict going on in like South America. Worldwide, it is bad, yeah. What the fuck is going on here? And and, and, like like the South America stuff, it is the, the... white people who are basically going to drop a neutrino bomb on the black people. Seems that way. And it again, this is all presented in cheerful newsman speak. Like it's not like, 
oh no, this is happening. It's just like, hey, this is happening in Pretoria. The World Peace Satellite yeah. fucking killed a million people today or whatever satellite. it is. Like, what was it? Yeah. What? Yeah, it, it, it like shoots off and kills 130 people, including two former presidents. <laughs> what? Cold-blooded. <laughs> Dude. But yeah, anyway, with the special effects in this, they were done in such ingenious ways, man. Yeah. It's so shockingly brutal. Right. Dude, whenever that guy gets melted by the toxic waste towards the end, dude, talk I about mean, things I was not ready for. Man. Yeah, it's a standout moment, like, dude. It because it looks so, it looks so real and so agonizing. I thought that's what would happen if you like touched the wrong chemical or something. Like, I mean, I'm still not sure that it's not. Yeah, dude, the way that like his skin is just sort of actively like sloughing off of yeah, him. Yeah, he's just screaming, dude, yeah. and he's in like absolute agony. Yeah. And dude, like some of his like finger bones are coming out of his hand, and his finger skin is Ugh. like sliding off and shit. Holy shit! And then whenever fucking Red runs him over with that car, <laughs> he's just like a bag of liquid. Okay. Like I laughed when it happened because yes. it's just hilariously yeah, brutal. The MPA wanted them to cut it out, and they wouldn't cut it out because every time they showed it to a test audience, it got a laugh. And the fact that the head hit like it it like rolls off and hits the hood. Yeah, absolute chance that wasn't even the plan when they really? did the shot and it's just perfect it is perfect yeah. man it's so funny and it, again it's just like you've been watching this guy who you know is a bad guy a horrible person through the yeah. whole movie but then he's in such agony while he's being melted and then he gets run over by this car by his boss <laughs> yes holy shit just man it's splatter. a wild ride it is it, it is, is a wild ride the special effects in this are frankly faultless i don't yeah I don't think there's any moments in here where I was no. taken out. Even the moment where, like, there's a stop-motion Ed fighting, for just a few seconds, a stop-motion RoboCop? Yeah, for a few seconds. It looks that, amazing. It, it, yeah, it's it's hardly noticeable unless yeah. you're looking for The camera's moving. Effects, it's, like, yeah. slightly blurred and everything. Yeah. I don't know how they pulled it off. Like, I really well, don't, right. man. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I think it, you're right. Flawless is the way to say it because... There's no, no way you could have done any better in 1987. You couldn't have thrown more money at it. You couldn't have done anything better than what you get from the special effects in this. Yeah. It is A plus, top notch. You know, this was nominated for an Academy Award in sound editing or sound oh, mixing. Really? So uh, I, I tossed on my SR80s. Look out. And I was listening for it. And let me tell you, I, I get it. Uh, you know how when you're watching a, a big Hollywood blockbuster movie and you hear a gun and it's loud and jarring and then the next scene is super quiet yeah. and it sucks? Yeah. RoboCop doesn't have that problem at all. It doesn't. Never had to adjust the volume, even in the gun range scene. They were shooting off guns the entire fucking time. Never had to adjust the volume. Perfect volume throughout. Perfect mixing. Everything sounds crisp. So many awesome sounds in the background and stuff going nice. on with the way he walks. Like, I get it. So th this film's got like ev everything you want, right? I think so. What do you think about the soundtrack? The music is. I mean, I didn't even think about it because it's just, it's got that like Pretty intensity, seamless. but it's kind of like that's just how I feel like everything has to feel. So I don't even really think about it as it's going. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, here's the thing is I watched Terminator 2 a couple weeks ago uh -huh. 
And of course, it's just dun, 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 dun. that's it, yeah. man. You think about it right away. And when I say the RoboCop soundtrack, you don't have a theme yeah, you think of exactly because yeah. it's not that overt. It's not that club you over the head. Yeah. This is the theme from the movie. And after I watched the movie, I was thinking about it. And I was like, I don't know. I kind of wish the soundtrack was a little bit more like futuristic, synthy, oh, kind right. of 80s like futuristic. Like if they brought in shit. John Carpenter. Yeah, right? I mean, can you imagine? Oh, what, my God. What if? Just imagine that world. Like, I would never shut up about RoboCop. Oh, yeah. Like, I'd just walk up to random people. You talking about RoboCop? <laughs> well, you are now. Guess yeah. what? <laughs> that would be the fucking dream team yeah, right there. Absolutely. So, like, initially, I was a little bit, like, on the fence about the soundtrack. And mm-hmm. then I was watching the Making Of thing. And they're explaining, it's like, oh, yeah, there's this huge mix of electronic elements in the soundtrack. Yeah. A lot of the percussion is electronic. And then on top of that, you have a lot of the orchestral score to symbolize his still intact humanity. Right. And I was like, oh, well, shit, that makes tons of sense now. Yeah. Because I was kind of watching it thinking like robot. That's the biggest thing I was thinking of. And I was like, I want <laughs> Give me robot noises. Give me yeah. robot music, you know? <laughs> but there's still a man inside of the machine in this right. case. And they're like, okay, we need to bring in some organic instrumentation and stuff. Yeah. To portray that so now it's like i look back and i'm like oh actually that was the the right soundtrack it's yeah. a mix of electronic and acoustic instruments and it's subtle but it's very fucking cool man it is and i think too like this movie okay came out in 1987 right clearly not a kid's movie at all no but i feel like there was a message here that was probably to be to the parents of every kid that, you know, and you knew this kid that just wanted to grow up and be a cop. Right. I want to grow up and be in the military. I want to grow up and be a fireman or whatever. I think that this movie is kind of there to warn parents. It's just like, hey, your your kid wants to be a cop. This is the future that is happening for them. Right. I think that it's kind of there as a message. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. I mean, I... I I know they didn't necessarily aim this at kids, but this is 1987, and an R rating didn't mean much of shit. Like, Doesn't mean you can't make an action figure of it. Yeah, so like, I I think yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think there is like some messaging here trying to get across like this. Overall, this is bad. Like, don't don't do any of this. All these things wrong. Yeah. Bad. Yeah, even yeah. the even the hero of the movie is yeah, a guy shouldn't that, be in this situation. No, yeah. <laughs> is, is a product of a intentionally placed right. brutal, violent crime that then just yeah. turned into some corporate experiment to make money. Yeah, like that's the good guy. Yeah, that you're gonna be in the future. Maybe don't let your kids become obsessed with becoming a cop. Right. I don't know. Yeah, it it is it is definitely like, like there's just heavy messaging throughout again, but like. You never feel like you're being preached to no, necessarily. No. It's like you you can definitely watch this movie without catching any subtext, and it's just a rad action movie. And it is. And it is. Very well paced. Yep. Like oh, the action so beats that happen. Man, like the whole like shootout scene that happens inside of like the drug factory and right. shit. Insanely fucking cool. All the action beats are very well placed and never feel like overly long nor right. overly brief. The lows don't seem too low. The highs don't seem too high. I think it's a very, very, very well-paced movie. Yeah. I mean, he finds... RoboCop discovers that he was Murphy at 55 minutes into the movie, which is about exactly halfway. Halfway, About exactly halfway. A little rough. Um, it's, It's like 
that moment where he then begins the 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 come around to he he's gone through his basically Jesus death and now back into his his rebirth as Murphy RoboCop like he becomes the two of them it's again the the Jesus allegory like he he had to die and and go through this and be resurrected as this new entity Do that you think is there's Murphy any overt symbolism in choosing the most like stereotypical Irish cop name <laughs> Murphy Murphy I I mean yeah probably <laughs> that I mean yeah that I mean he's he's basically meant to be a cop yeah in some ways and like he idealizes the you know most comical version of a cop and TJ the people Laser. over on top of him don't give a shit if he oh, gets slaughtered at all yeah you know yeah they're not interested in any of that it's not about there's no justice to be had in this in this world they like they have overtaken all of the entities of justice you have no nowhere to seek asylum from this corporation if you're in Detroit. Oh yeah. Well, and I loved all the all the corporate messaging and stuff in here. I loved the the images of your of your job of your employment granting you security. Like yeah. RoboCop can't fucking kill uh, Dick Jones right? right until he's fired right. from the company. Like his job is literally the thing that's keeping him safe, yeah. even though he's like a known fucking lunatic murderer yeah. guy that's responsible for the deaths of so many people robocop can't lay a finger on him because he's still employed now after he gets fired he's fair game and i yeah. think that well <laughs> you know i think that there's messages of the things that corporations get away with uh-huh. outside of the law because of who they fucking work for and that's also too like how police get away with shit yeah because they're policemen but if one of us did it we'd be in fucking deep shit well kind of what you were just saying when they are interviewing people on the street at one point in one of the news segments. They ask one guy something, and it says resident. Then they ask the next guy, and it says unemployed person. Yeah. Like, there's a clear differentiation between... uh, uh, I mean, cops call... They refer to certain people as taxpayers, uh, mostly because they're racist. They're talking about white affluent people yeah those are taxpayers yeah their their job is to protect taxpayers that is to say from the indigent that is how they talk now currently i'm not presenting a robocop world this is how they currently think of you as taxpayers or non-taxpayers and Uh, non-taxpayers don't get protection no it's a protection racket they're running Oh, that's right. Right. Yep. That sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Kind of sounds like organized crime when you put it what? that way. Oh, that's weird. Impossible, man. Yeah. I I think uh it it's real interesting. Yeah, you're right about the the his job providing him with security because like So, he he basically like he had relied first on Ed 209 to protect him. Then he relied on um What's his name? Kurtwood Smith. Oh, yeah, Clarence. Clarence, yes. Uh, Relied on Clarence to protect him, and then he relied on his position at the company to protect him. Like, he, even though he is this, like, seemingly untouchable, powerful figure, there are only three steps between him and 
an end. Yeah. There, there's some hope, basically, at the end is what I'm saying. Like, this is not a hopeless movie saying, like, this is the inevitability of Reaganomics and there's no fixing it. Like, there's a clear, defined line to getting to the people who are the problem and stopping them. You just gotta do it. You gotta, you gotta take that step. So RoboCop takes that step. He fights the man and wins. Yeah. Though... Does he? Because Does he? he's not even a human being exactly. anymore, maybe? So. Yeah, so it's like, a, a, that's why the the perfect ending is just him saying, I'm Murphy. Like, they had some other stuff shot that, like, you don't need it. You need to end on that ambiguity of, like, so has he, like, fought the man? Has he, like, fixed anything? Or is this just a moment where he's cleared up a problem for the old man? Because the old man had this problem of, oh, this guy wants to kill me. I'll fire him. He gets killed. I'm not changing a goddamn thing. What a weird title, by the way. The old man. Yeah, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a name. That's bizarre. Just the old like, man. what a strange choice that is. Also, Connell Cochran is in this movie. Yeah, he's the old man. What? But well, I've said this before. Vince McMahon. Everybody calls Vince McMahon the old man, like all the wrestlers do. Really? Yeah. I I mean, I. I don't think that's related, but maybe that's like a rich guy thing where I they get to a certain age. I think that's what calls Ozzy Osbourne in his camp, too. Oh, really? I think. I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure I've heard Zach Wilde call him the old man. And maybe like you get to a certain point of rich where you just like take on a character rather than a name. You're I like, like that movie. I just want to be an old man. I'm the old man. I'm the old man. I get to be grumpy. I get to be fussy. I get to be stubborn. Sure. Okay. I get it. It makes sense. <laughs> I can't really come up with any complaints about this movie. No. Like, I think my biggest complaint, and this will show you how minute it is, the sound effect for Robocop's footsteps (laughs) is kind of a lot of like copy paste, where it's like they had like maybe one or two sound effects for his feet and they just used them over and over. Like, that's true. I would have liked to have heard some different texture of like his feet hitting a tile floor versus gravel versus concrete. Hmm. That's just one weird thing that I kind of keyed in on where I'm like, it's the same sound effect over and over and again. But does it maybe give him like a. like serve as like the jaws music in right. some ways where yeah. it's like because it's always the same noise it's like oh that's robocop that's him. immediately from the sound you know right. yeah very well it could be maybe that's honestly my biggest complaint about this All i right. love that they didn't <laughs> shoehorn like some kind of weird romance with him and uh what's her name is right. it lewis i think is her yeah, name yeah yeah and that was a intentional choice yeah that, uh, yeah there shouldn't be a romance no. there she, she she's fascinated in recovering his humanity and what is this thing yeah. Like, she's not at all like, I want to make babies with him and be yeah. a mom. Like, it's not really that She's sort displaying of thing. A, uh, humanity. Yeah. Yeah. She's showing, uh, like, she's the one sort of bright spot among all this darkness. That, That's like, true. There she might are be the good only people. good character, honestly, right. is her. But she's still a cop working for this corporation. Like, <laughs> yeah. Even, like, but again, yeah, uh, when you're in this situation, I, I mean, you know, there's no ethical consumption under capitalism. When you live in a corporate town, you're part of the corporate structure. Like, you can't escape responsibility in some way. So, she's she's the best we got. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Do you and have any she's complaints awesome. or anything about this? No. No. Neither, I, uh, my, I, I can't even begin to formulate a fake complaint, and I tried. Uh, yeah, no complaints. I love this movie. Yeah. It's a 10. I honestly, okay, I know it's kind of like, it kind of seems like a rushed move considering I just watched this movie for the first time last night and say it's a 10. Yeah. Right now I feel like it's a 10. 
Maybe I'll watch it again maybe. and be like, maybe it's more of a nine and a half or something like that. But like, <laughs> you'll report back to dude, us. <laughs> this movie just went so above and beyond what yeah. I thought it was going to do in terms of the gore, in terms of the action, in terms of the cynicism and dark yeah. humor and the way the movie is put together. Like again, like as soon as it started showing these like news clips and stuff and commercials, I was like, this is not what I thought this yeah. was going to be. It feels way about, more like John Carpentery yes. than I thought it would. And, and that's about like. Nine ten minutes into the movie, we yeah. you know we're we're just cutting to this, and then we cut to like cop stuff yeah. with Murphy. Like yeah, it, it those those commercials and stuff they really serve to make the transitions between scenes seamless while giving us exposition, but also entertaining with the commercials and stuff like the Nukem commercial, which yeah. is basically like battleship but like nuclear very clearly about imperialistic nuclear oh yeah arms and stuff it's so funny like and then i didn't expect all the stuff with the yuppies and the cutthroat corporate nature right. of business during this time period and everything i didn't expect any of that shit so this just went way above and beyond what i thought it was gonna be and what it had to be and yeah. i'll definitely watch this movie many more times and probably even like it more honestly yeah probably it, it just grows rad. further and further on every time i watch it i'm like man classic just can't be beat action august bringing the slaps action august you know what they say action august it brings the slaps <laughs> it does man that's for sure fuck we need a shirt that says that i think so yeah we're gonna be bringing some fucking big ass slaps yeah next week mm -hmm. on the show we got ourselves a killer killer fucking episode planned out for you guys I think first, before we tell you what it is, you should follow us on Instagram and all that shit. We got yep. a Linktree page. is the yep. easiest way to find all of them. We're error. Linktree forward slash dead and lovely. Yeah. Everything find it, on there. Follow us on everything. Keep up with our exploits and shenanigans. Mm -hmm. uh, and also support the show on Patreon. Yeah. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head dead on over lovely. there. Uh, become a $5 patron. You get to throw a movie in the smoking bowl. Yep. And we randomly draw from that bowl, and then we review that movie, and it's a fun time for everyone. Next episode could be yours. Could be. So head on over there. That's right. Support the show however you can. Also, be sure to rate and view on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Tell really, us really how does great help we us are. A lot. How great you are. <laughs> how great you are. That's a song, right? I, th it's, I think it is. How great thou art. That's the same thing. It's the same, yeah. You're fucking cool. Yeah, same. Translation into <laughs> modern English. Be sure to tune in next week for the show. I'm really stoked about this one. We are talking about none other than the greatest action movie ever made. Possibly. Question Possibly. mark. We'll get to the bottom of it. Mm -hmm. Of course, we're talking about motherfucking Terminator 2, Terminator Boogaloo, I hope we don't have any like crazy surprise guests or something. I don't know. This movie's so sick. We might need another brain to pack into the room yeah. with us and really pick this thing apart. Maybe <laughs> somebody who's seen this movie a bajillion times Maybe. and is a dear friend of ours and yeah. has been on the show and is also quite a picker on mm -hmm. that old Gortar yeah. and that Mandarin. Mandarin. How about we bring back our good buddy, old Andy Wood. Woo! to be back on the show next week to talk about Terminator 2. We're going to get him on here before he heads on over to host his Woodshed Guitar Experience yeah. Camp, which is very fucking awesome, man. Very, very cool things. I think there's still a few spots left to sign up. I don't know. Check out the Woodshed Guitar Experience. Go jig it. Find out more about that stuff. It's going to be an amazing time. you got so many killer players. Andy Wood, fucking Robin Trower, Greg Koch, uh, fucking Mark Letary. 
tons of, of sick players and stuff are going to be there. Check it out. Find out about it and tune in for the show next week. It's going to be a really good hang. I'm already excited about it. I watched like Terminator 2 like two weeks ago, and I'm already excited to watch it again. Yeah, that's, I mean, listen. It's the best. Terminator, Terminator 2. Uh, Terminator 2 blows Terminator out of the water. It does. And Terminator 2 blows probably, uh, listen, I am not sure it's the best action film of all time, but oh. I can't name one that I could say is definitively better. Right. So we'll have that discussion next time on the podcast, the best action film, if it's Terminator 2, because I Honestly, it might be. It All right. Might be. I mean, if you can find another movie with Budnick on a dirt bike, let me know. That'll be a fun old episode, so be sure to tune into that one. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Yep. We'll catch you guys next time. I've been Uncle Ben. I'm Hollywood Steve. And we're dead and lovely. Oh, by the way, I waited the whole movie for You Called for Backup. I thought that was like his fucking trademark. Oh. It was not in this movie. No. It's not like Robocop 3. Yeah. It took him that long before he came up with a fucking Terminator-style slogan. Well, he had, like, uh, he had the, uh, you're coming with me, dead or alive. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. That's what he said. Yeah. I mean, that's okay, but. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. It's very dirty, hairy. Very. Yeah. yeah. But I kept waiting for you called for backup, and I was like, where is it? When's he going to say it? When's he going to say it? <laughs> After the credits? I don't know. <laughs> never. He never told me. Bye. Bye. <laughs>